This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. This is the Limitless Keith Lee, and I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open podcast. Mwah. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode 115 on day seven without a cigarette. I am Nick Howell. And wondering who would survive on a smoke-off between Matt Riddle, Rob Van Dam, Willie Nelson, and Snoop Dogg, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, (laughs) speaking of smoking. How are you, sir? How are you doing today? Uh... Uh, twitchy a little bit, a little twitchy. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, as, as it goes. Thank you. Thank on you. Your, it's a long time the coming. The beginning of your long and painful journey. How is it, uh, filleting the robot penis over there? Uh, we'll see if it lasts a month. Yeah. It, we're, or, we're, we're day by day at this Nick point. has been vaping like a monster for the last few shows and I, we're, we're hoping to be back up live within the next uh, couple of weeks so you'll be able, actually able to see exactly how much vaping Nick is doing to keep his sanity listen I'm not like one of those vape bros that's blowing clouds to the point where you can't see me and doing competitions it's gotten and stuff. pretty close it's man. a little jewel it's adorable <laughs> you know <laughs> Nick Riddle over there. Uh, Yeah, everybody, welcome to the show. We've got a heck of a week to talk about. Raw had some huge surprises for us over in WWE land. Uh, SmackDown also was very exciting. We had a ton of fallout from the AEW announcement last week, so we have a bunch of stuff to go over. Uh, Rumors, the rumor mill is just all over the place in terms of people possibly leaving WWE and going to AEW, possible new signees. It's all madness. But we also got to talk about NXT. They had uh, NXT UK had their takeover in Blackpool. That was a great show. We're going to talk about that. Plus, Fantastica Mania over in New Japan. We got Ring of Honor news. And we've got some fantastic listener questions this week as well. But if you want to ask listener questions, Nick, let's do a little housekeeping and tell everyone how they can do that. Yes, well, the best place where you want to go is the Busted Wide Open discussion group on Facebook. It is the hub of our operation. Everybody loves to hang out in there. Really cool group of people uh, chatting about we, uh, the shows every single week in, in their own threads. It's a lot of fun. We've got the, coming up in uh, about 10 days now, we've got the Royal Rumble, and we're going to be doing a live group chat, watching it live with everybody in the group. Um, it's, it's, you, you, the only way you can get in there is in the Facebook group, so come on over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, send us a join request to get into the group so that you're ready next Sunday. 
Uh, also, we can find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast, YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open. Be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you get alerted anytime we put up new content or go live again very soon. And last but certainly not least, uh, if you want to support this show and love what we do, we really love our patrons. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of our awesome tiers, or just, you know, if you just want to throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar to say thanks, that works too. We, we appreciate everything. It really does make a difference in helping keep this show online, keep the bills paid, all of that good stuff, so that Ian and I can continue to bring you guys this quality content. Yes. Uh, I uh, I think this week I'm renaming Raw to WTF. Oh, really? Because that's a lot of my reactions to the outcomes of the things that happened uh, on Raw this week, Well, you week, know, we, we had said... Uh, Obviously, in mid-December, in the middle of the ratings crash, we were talking about how the McMahons and everyone else could come out and said, well, they're promising, they're promising a change, a shift in things. And we said, well, we'll give them to the end of January to, to, to see what they, had, what they were coming up with. Um, and I want to go through Raw and SmackDown and really discuss if we're seeing shifts, if, like, if we can really say, okay, they're changing things. Um, if the ship is really kind of starting to turn, or if they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. I, I do want to really look at that. But before we can talk about all of that, we have to talk about the big news. The Lars Sullivan's push has been canceled or pushed back. We don't know. Or we don't, so who, uh, what the hell happened? To all these vignettes we were getting for so a month straight. Y'all may have noticed if you watched the WWE main programming this week that the promised NXT call-ups, you've started to see them salted around on the show, popping up here and there, maybe in a match, maybe showing up backstage, maybe, uh, you know, frighteningly uh, stalking Alexa Bliss, whatever. They're showing up on TV now, and the one person you're not seeing is Lars Sullivan. So apparently he was supposed to work some dark matches last week and then was going to supposed to be on TV along with everybody else this week. But he was not. And the reason for this uh, has been speculated. The, the, the main reason that we're hearing right now is that he had some sort of anxiety attack or some sort of mental health issue that kept him from doing it. He freaked out and no-showed. And uh, we, are, we still have yet to get an official report as to what exactly it was. No one's talking, uh, but there's a lot of rumors that are coming out of backstage. Apparently, Vince is not happy about it. There's a rumor that he's uh, mad at Triple H because Lars is one of Triple H's boys. And uh, he's now saying, why would you give me this guy if he's, why would you tell me to take this guy and we promote him so hard if he's just going to freak out at the last minute? So uh, we're, we're not sure that it was actually an anxiety attack. That's just what's being reported from the rumor mill. And we have no idea what the path forward is. They, we know that he has not been released. They're not in talks to, to release him or anything like that. We don't know if he will be coming back at some point and they'll just pick up where they left off, which is my suspicion. Um, because it's a really delicate time. If someone does have mental health issues, you don't want to come across looking like you're insens yeah. insensitive to those. So uh, it will be very curious to see what happens going forward with Lars Sullivan. And uh, yeah, I, I, I also have a suspicion. I'm wondering because there was that big, um, it, it, it kind of remained online. It wasn't that big of a deal because in the grander scheme of things, the bigger picture, Lars Sullivan really isn't that well known outside of NXT, which is a small brand, relatively speaking, in terms of global awareness. But the fact that some of his less savory uh, posts from an old 
bodybuilding bulletin board, online bulletin board, have had come out, and uh, you know, some of the stuff was really indefensible. Um, you know, obviously, it was made years ago. He was a teenager. Blah blah blah. All the typical excuses. But it's also we're also in an era where people are being looked at very very sharply for stuff they said a decade in the past. So I uh, I wonder if the pressure of knowing that he might be on a big stage where some of that stuff might become more relevant or exposed may have led may have been a factor in this. I'm not sure, but uh, more more idle speculation perhaps. But something something performance anxiety something maybe. yeah something something worth considering. There's certainly lots of factors that it could be, or it just could be. It's a lot of pressure to all of a sudden be in front of millions of people. So maybe, maybe he looked in the mirror and finally felt how we all felt. <laughs> terrified of himself. Terrified. Uh, that, the guy's terrified. Well, that, that's what makes him marketable. That's what's going to give him the big bucks if he uh, if he ever you know ends up putting two and two together on this and figuring out what's going on and how he can move forward and WWE can move forward with him as well uh, and they find a solution to this and if they're still willing to to go with him you know after after this yeah. that's the real thing WWE does have a history of being petty as I said it's a different era now though. And if someone is saying that they have mental health issues, like with Moro Ronaldo, they're going to work with them uh, to the best of their ability, especially if they think that they're a, a viable commodity that they can make some money on. And let's face it, Lars Sullivan is definitely a viable commodity you can make money on. Absolutely. So speaking of which, though, we're going to get this is going to get called back to a lot this week because there's lots of little little things throughout the show that we can uh, look at this with. Uh, there have been reports that there are wrestlers who are asking for and or considering asking for their releases from WWE now that AEW is a thing. Uh, among the ones that are being rumored, it's being rumored that Ziggler, who we know just signed a pretty nice contract, may not want to renew or may ask for his release at the end of the month after the Rumble, uh, which... Wouldn't surprise me at all. I know that uh, he's booked a lot of dates for his comedy tour and stuff, and it's not exactly like he's going to be the top dog in WWE anytime soon. And they've been—he's doing commercials and cameos on streaming services and shows and videos. I, he's doing—he doesn't. I mean, let's let's face it. His career doesn't suck in the WWE unless you put it on the metric of you're either the man and the top guy or you're nothing. Um, in that sense, he's been on TV almost constantly. And he's been in the main event picture or just beneath it for a while now. So he's he's doing okay, but I could see if he wanted to be a bigger deal, wanting to go to AEW where he would permanently be at the top of the card and possibly a heavyweight championship contender might be something he'd be interested in, especially if they offered him the kind of deal that Jericho says they're offering over there. Uh, so he's one that's being rumored. Mike and Maria Kanellis. Uh, have been probably the one that made the most noise this week. Yes. And even though Maria Canellis has somewhat denied it on Twitter, we know how much that means in the world of wrestling Uh, (laughs) going going both ways. I mean, you know, take a rumor, the grain of salt and take a denial with a grain of salt, too. But uh, it would I mean, that's one that totally makes sense. They have been virtually unused since they came back to WWE and uh, having them go over to AEW. They I think they would fit right in with a lot of the style of wrestling that's going over there and no one else is going to have a valet like maria plus the cachet of being ex ww superstar so that one also might make sense uh and finally this is the big one is that apparently after their tag team match on raw this week the revival went backstage and asked for their release and were apparently told give us three months to make it right for you guys and if at that point you guys still aren't happy then we'll start discussing it so that uh, those are the three big ones this week. But obviously, speculation is running rampant 
across all of wrestling right now who's going to end up in uh, in AEW and who's going to get these suddenly much fatter contracts from WWE. WWE has reportedly been going out and telling anyone, if you get a contract offer from an indie company, we will uh, match or double it. And uh, yeah, so they're they're trying to double. They're trying to swallow up as many people as they can before AEW really starts taking off. We have we're going to do like a news and notes segment at the end of the show. There's a bunch of uh, stuff in there. I want to discuss that. We, we don't have a whole lot of time, whole lot of time at the top of the show, but lots of rumors and speculations about people going to different places. A lot of lot of money flying around out there right now. So if you're an independent wrestler, it's a good time to be looking at your well, career. If, if, if the revival aren't raw tag champions, by the time we get to the end of WrestleMania, I'm going to go ask for their release for them. <laughs> Let me put it that That's way. That's pretty much what this seems like the time frame is. If you guys aren't the champs by WrestleMania, all right, fine. You know. Yeah. Uh, Good luck. So anyway, that is the big news. Obviously, we mentioned a lot of things happening over in WWE, but to discuss that, we have to head over and talk about Monday Night Raw. Oh, boy. Braun Strowman's back. Yeah, well, and I, I, I the the listeners. I didn't even say it that much the past couple of weeks, but the listeners have shown up. Thank you, fans, for 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 stepping up. Apparently, they do listen because Braun Strowman <laughs> got right back to destroying shit. I this think week. we said something two weeks ago about how he had to get back to destroying things that we yeah. didn't like what they were doing with him. This was interesting. So the the show starts off with Mister McMahon showing up in his nice stretch limo and uh, making sure that it was nice and, and scuff-free, and then heading on over to the ring. Uh, to, well, this, Braun Strowman was in the ring. Vince McMahon took off backstage. Braun Strowman was in the ring and uh, talking about Lesnar, how Lesnar was afraid of him, blah, 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 the typical kind of stuff we've heard the last few weeks. Beastie boy. And, uh, and get these hands, get these hands, get these hands. Out comes Baron Corbin uh, to talk smack to him. This ends in Strowman chasing Corbin to the backstage area. I actually want to call out some really quite good camera work at this point. We follow Braun Strowman into the backstage area. He's wandering around. We see the limo down the hall that Vince McMahon has just recently parked. And then we watch Braun Strowman walk off down a hallway and pan over in all in one continuous shot to Elias, who's just randomly sitting there. And he starts singing. He starts singing a song about how Corbin's hiding in the limo. Funny stuff. Or, uh, yes. Braun Strowman ends up back in the shot, listening to Elias, and then stalks down the hallway to the limo. Again, all one shot. Really, actually, from a technical standpoint, I was very impressed by this. Strowman gets to the limo, tries to get inside of it, can't, so he grabs a lead pipe, smashes in a window, rips off the door, <laughs> and Corbin... Corbin runs off. Like, like a scared child when Dad gets the belt... Corbin went scampering off out of the garage <laughs> to leave Braun Strowman to turn around and find Vince McMahon staring at him aghast. No words are spoken, and we go to commercial. <laughs> I think this was brilliantly done. It was a lot of fun, and it was, I, I, again, I thought it was just well-produced all around. Like uh, the, the, we, We're back to Strowman just being... A, a monster and destroying stuff and it didn't end there because after the commercial we came back vince mcmahon uh uh started berating Strowman, telling him this, this was going to cost him a hundred thousand dollars Strowman decided to talk back to to mcmahon Th this piece of crap ain't worth a hundred thousand dollars and mcmahon said you know what if you're going to talk back to me guess what your match with brock lesnar's off 
tough shit. I'm the boss. This made Strowman very angry, so he flipped the limo, as of course Braun he did. Strowman <laughs> is wont to do. Now, I'm not going to say that this whole segment made Braun Strowman look like a Mensa uh, applicant or anything here. He did. It, it did not make him look smart by any stretch, but it made him look like what Braun Strowman is historically best at, which is a freaking monster. And it back to the things that got him over in the, the first place. Got him over in the first because it was not get these hands. No, no, it wasn't. It was it was destroying stuff with those hands, and uh, and flipping cars is definitely one of those things. So uh, again, if they're gonna take him out of the title picture and take away his title shot against Brock Lesnar. This was a, a, as good a way to do it as any is put him over as being the kind of guy who's just going to destroy crap regardless. So you're reminded of that. So that was all good stuff so far. Later, he's shown being escorted out of the building and Corbin is gloating. Fine. Good stuff. So now we know there's an open slot. Who is Brock going to face at Royal Rumble? Uh, before we get to that, why do you think we took Braun out of this title picture here? Was, was it because his injury wasn't healed up? Was, does he have backstage heat for something, which has been rumored for a while? Or was it because he, bu- he bungled his lines last week? Is it something else? Like what, What's your speculation here? Before the show, I had heard rumor that his elbow wasn't 100% yet after that surgery. Even though he got in the ring and said, I'm all healed up. Yeah, and sure. Then goes backstage and flips a limo over, which... You know, I'm doing air quotes, flips a limo over. So I, it, it, if that's the case, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it looked really good doing it. I don't know that you would take arguably, dare I say, top guy right now, one of your few top guys, and sideline him over backstage heat like that. Wouldn't I, be I the first get, time. It would absolutely I understand the first time. that, but you're going to never. Wow. You know what I mean? I don't want to say never. Yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that I wouldn't put it past them, and it's I'm not saying that it's not that. But I, from what I understand, from what I've heard, uh, what the real deal was, was that uh, Braun was never supposed to be the plan here. This was actually the plan from the beginning was to, ha- to make everyone think it was going to be Braun and then change it next to the last minute. And we'll get into the reasoning for that right now. And that is that the person who ended up being the, uh, the guy who's going to challenge Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble came about later on in the show. Vince McMahon comes to the ring um, and says, you know what, after, after getting accosted backstage by like everybody who wants this title shot, and he says, look, I'm looking for someone who wants to step up um, and take this challenge. John Cena, of course, comes out and says, that's all I do is step up. Out comes uh, Drew McIntyre to say, we got a, we got a nice ruthless aggression throwback sure. uh, circa 2003. Yeah. Yeah, for for better or for worse. Uh, Drew McIntyre coming out saying, I am Ruthless Aggression. And then uh, out, no, I out, am. Came, no, I out am. came Baron Corbin going, you got to be kidding me. And finally, out comes Finn Balor out of nowhere saying, you all been overlooking me for far too long. Ha ta 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 ha ta 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 He's Irish. Uh, so they all get in the ring. And uh, McMahon looks at all of them and says, well, you guys are all contenders, except for you, Finn, because look around us and look how much beef is in this ring. And you're there's a lot of beef. You're kind of <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of undersized. So this was a nice little work to shoot because that was what everyone heard was the, Vince McMahon's impression of Finn Balor was that he was great. He just wasn't main event material because he's too small. He's undersized. And, you know, historically, we all know Vince likes bigger guys. Uh, and undersized guys had to do extra work to get over with him. So then the whole thing breaks down. Everybody fights each other. 
Drew McIntyre's left standing, and Vince goes, oh, this is what I like. You all are going to be in a fatal four-way later tonight, and the winner of that will go on to face Brock Lesnar. Uh, meanwhile, there was a road bump on the way to this fatal four-way where Jinder Mahal said he should have been there, but because Braun Strowman killed a Singh brother on his rampage backstage, <laughs> Jinder was too busy tending to the Singh brother, so Vince gave him an opportunity. said, you pick one of the four guys. If you beat him, you're in that fatal four-way instead, and Jinder picked Finn Balor. I think he, of course if you he didn't did. watch the show, you could see where this is all going, yeah. <laughs> and that is that Jinder ends up losing to Finn Balor in a, in a fair, frankly, a fun little match. And then Finn ends up going on not 100% into the fatal four-way and ends up winning the fatal four-way. So now Finn Balor will be facing Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble, which apparently was what they were going to do originally last year at Royal Rumble and was Brock Lesnar's pick to face him this year at Royal Rumble. And so remember we were saying the work shoot aspect where Vince likes big guys. He's also not entirely convinced people would get behind Finn Balor to sell tickets to the Royal Rumble. That's why apparently Braun Strowman was advertised to face Brock Lesnar to sell those early tickets. And then it changed to Finn to try and squeeze the last few tickets out. Oh, dirty. That's so dirty. So, uh, but on the, on the upside, they made Finn look like a God on this show. Not only did he win two matches in a row clean, he also pinned John Cena to win the fatal four way. John Cena then, well, there's a little bit of backstage rumor that, Cena actually went to Vince and asked him to be the one that Finn pinned. Still, he then stood up and put Finn over here. As a way to put him over. And he did. Absolutely. He grabbed the mic after the match and just was like, hey, you know, Finn, you talk about, you know, Vince not believing in you, but the fans believe in you. Well, you got one more person believing in you right now. That's me, John Cena. I endorse this man with my goofy JBL hair. There you go. Finn Balor. He's the man. So this is, I mean, I think it's a great way to make you know, casual people or whatever think that Finn Balor could fight Brock Lesnar. They're, they're trying to make him look as good as possible, shine him up before his match against the beast, um, make him look as strong as possible just to overcome any perceptions people might have of him being undersized like yourself, sir. Mr. Finn should go to two Oh five live guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Now the big question here before we move on, cause I know we got to get going. We got a lot to talk yes, we about. Do. And it's a little early, but if we have to do the Demon Finn back and forth, yes. does does oh. Demon Finn come out? And does do they? Is there any way that Demon Finn does not win that Universal Championship, or does Brock Lesnar be the one to finally unseat the undefeated Demon? Here's the Ballard? problem: the Demon has only come out what two, three, Summer two, Slam. three times on the main roster. If that, it's way too early to have the Demon defeated. Uh, on the main roster, and if, frankly, yeah. if if I'm going to be so terrified because there's, n- I don't see any way Finn winning at the Rumble unless they really are committed to really shaking things up. I don't see Finn being the guy to finally end Brock Lesnar. It's just not going to happen. So to spend, like, you can have Finn the man lose to Brock Lesnar, and he'll be fine. He'll be fine coming out this side. Nobody beats Brock Lesnar. It's fine. Everyone's lost to him. Samoa Joe. Uh, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, everyone, every big guy has lost to him. So it's fine. But if he comes out as the demon and loses as the demon, you've just spent such a big chip and you're losing that chip and you're wasting for what? For, for, ultimately. What? for nothing. If they bring out demon Finn at Royal Rumble, it will be, it'll be one of the biggest blunders of the modern era. 
So, God forbid. Un- unless they put the belt on. No, if he wins, obviously, then that's great. Fine. You cannot have the demon come out unless he's beating Brock Lesnar. Early prediction. What's your thought after the developments this week? No way he comes out as the demon. He loses. I, uh, Bro- I Brock goes to Mania. He's still, their, he's still their big draw. He'll still be one of the main events of WrestleMania. He'll go in as the champ. Uh, Finn loses here. He's just a stepping stone on the way there. But so do we see Braun Strowman now in the Royal Rumble match? Uh, possibly. We'll get into that later. Uh, I, I want to okay. speculate on the Royal Rumble later on in the show. But uh, I also wanted to point out that I, I still see some seeds being planted for McIntyre and Cena. Like they, The two of them are circling each other. Last week and this week, I'm, I'm seeing them doing a lot of talk at each other. I, I'm seeing something there. And I, I'm, I am speculating we might be seeing something to do with Cena and McIntyre coming up um and then uh yeah one other thing i want to touch on and if this is kind of a two two two-part thing is before the before the fatal four-way we had a moment of bliss with alexa bliss coming out in her little director's chairs at the top of the ramp and her guest this week was paul Heyman. and this was kind of a, a nothing segment it was uh you know alexa being alexa and then paul being paul and uh, talking about everyone who could be facing Brock Lesnar. But before he gets to Finn Balor, out comes Otis Dozovich of Heavy Machinery. Pops up behind the table. Yeah. Like some kind of cartoon carriage. Asa, pretty lady. Yeah. No, no, no one has any idea why he's out there. Uh, Tucker, Tucker has to come out and like restrain him. Completely random. And the bit just ends and we go into the fatal four-way. Um, this was, I think, as a result of the earlier segment where we completely randomly had like a PA coming into Alexa's dressing room and she's just randomly topless and holding her shirt up. Uh, apparently didn't hear him knocking and saying, I'm coming in. But it's just like, all, uh, it was just a nothing bit. It was just, hey, let's have Alexa topless. Well, hold that. She has now come out and stated, for the record, it was her idea to do that as a sort of... Um, Throwback moment to Trish Stratus. That's what that's what Ryan Satin from PW Sheet said it was. Yeah, that was Alexa's idea. I, she's she said that she has come out and said yes. That. So I hope that that's true. I hope this is not WWE turning into let's sexualize women some more because that gets us the YouTube hits because the video has 2.7 million views as of this recording, uh, which is uh, like that's like Braun Strowman flipping cars numbers right there. So um, you know, and given what's happening over on SmackDown with Naomi and Mandy Rose. I worry that WWE is going to be trying more of this sex sells angle. So I really do hope that this is Alexa Bliss going, you know, I want to do a tribute to Trish Stratus. Here's the other thing. Trish Stratus, for most of her career, was hyper, hyper sexualized. And she only did got known as being a women's wrestler almost by a, as a fluke, you know, because she was like the only person who could actually wrestle at the time uh, in the women's division. So I don't know if that's the best person to be cribbing bits from. But true, fair point. You know, I I hope that they're not going to go similar backgrounds from the two of them. Again, though. like you know, fine. WWE is built on sex and violence. I get that. Like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get up on my high moral horse here or anything. But you know, at the same time, I would like them, given the fact that they they are ostensibly trying to take the moral high ground. It would be nice if they kept it and didn't you know show that they're they're still really that same company that they always have been. Right. So. I didn't. I didn't have any problem with this. Uh, you know, once I understood that it was, I heard the outrage like, "Oh my God, she's topless on TV!" And it, it, no, guys, 
watch wrestling a little longer than a year. You yeah. know, it's it's an old throwback to a bit that Trish Stratus did in 2003, 2002, something like that. So I, I get it. It's fine. It's fun. I'm not the one. I'm worried about the one on SmackDown. We'll talk about. We'll that talk about one later, that one because that 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 whole thing is garbage. But this, but this one, I'm. A, this is just for a for a 30 second bit. It's yeah. Fun. I just again, my thing is if you're gonna if you're gonna have some sort of titillation like this, make it actually part of something. Don't just make it titillation for titillation's sake, which is all this was. Guy comes into her room to let her know that she's you know here's here's your coffee, Miss Bliss. Oh my God, you're topless. End of segment. Had nothing to do with anything else. Had nothing to do. Like, did not connect to the story. It was just Alexa Bliss topless segment. And that is like, that's eye-rolling to me. Like, don't be so obvious, guys. Anyway, yeah. uh, the other big, big match on this show, the big shakeup match, Intercontinental title, triple threat match, Bobby Lashley, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins. Seth saying it's probably going to be his last shot at the IC title that Dean has been holding on to for a while. Shock twist ending, Bobby Lashley ends up winning the match pins can you remind me how we got to it being a triple threat with lashley i don't remember how that got booked or if it just came out of so air. rollins and lashley have been having issues for the last few weeks like you know it's, it's sure. kind of been circling like we even talked about last week like all three of these guys uh seth he was interrupting the matches and stuff yeah like, that. like yeah. he and seth had beef and seth and dean had had beef and so as a result well, well fine why not triple threat match here's the thing Lashley just pinned Dean Ambrose for the championship, and I could not be happier. I remember watching this match and saying to myself, Lashley winning is the best possible outcome. Seth winning squashes his feud with Dean Ambrose because he finally wins, and then the, the whole thing's over. He's got his revenge. He's got his title back, and that's boring. Dean winning, frankly, his heel turn has been abysmal, and his character's been abysmal. His title run has been boring. So him winning and retaining makes this match meaningless. But Lashley winning, Lashley needed something like this. He needed something to legitimize him. The signature win. This was. I it. mean, was it just me or did he look fantastic in this match? He did. Yeah, it looked it looked awesome after it. You know, celebrating and smiling and getting the title and him and Leo interacting and Leo cheering him on. I, that was all fantastic. I loved and he it. looked like a beast. Like he had a bunch of big moments, big shots in this, in this match, and the spear that he gave to Ambrose to win it was gnarly. It was a great spear. I don't even like spears. I like that spear. So Lashley versus Goldberg in a spear off. Go. <laughs> God, no. Only if it's three minutes or less. Whoever breaks a rib first wins. Oh, God, no. Please. And then just have, throw Edge in there just for just to have him die. Okay. Um, but no. So th this is the thing. I have a feeling that this is Rollins' way out of the intercontinental picture as they transition him into going towards the Universal Championship. That's one suspicion. I also think that this is their way of saying, yes, we know the Ambrose heel turn isn't working. Uh, I know Vince was furious when Seth and Dean just stunk the place up at their last uh, big match. So they're obviously, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Dean now. Uh, again, we've been complaining about his heel turn and, and the reasons why it's not working for a while now. Um, but I don't know. What do you, what do you, where do you think Dean's going from this? I, I hope he... I don't want to. I don't. I'm not going to wish injury on anybody, but I hope he goes away for another three to six months. Ouch! Honestly, jeez. It, they, they need. He needs to be. A, he needs a fresh start. He needs to be recreated. The, the associations with the Shield and the old Brotherhood and stuff like that. That I mean, split them up. Put 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 him back over on SmackDown or something. Yeah, he, he needs to be restarted. Well, or something needs to happen. He's got to get away from Seth because their their whole Shield split up was 
so poorly done, even into this match where, you know, if you, okay, so we, you and I talk about how one of the great feuds right now in WWE is Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Sure. And one of the great things about that was when it was still a heel face dynamic was that you couldn't have the two of them in a room or they would try to kill each other. Yes. Right. Like they wanted to kill each other. And I never felt that with Seth and Dean. And, you know, Seth kept saying, this is the worst betrayal. Like Dean is, Dean has completely turned his back on his brothers. Like this is awful. But then they'd see each other and they'd get into like a grappling match or they'd talk or in this match, they'd even cooperate a few times. Like that doesn't tell me these guys hate each other. That doesn't feel like a blood feud. So that 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 whole that whole aspect of it needs to go away for a while, and then we well, need to be honestly, reminded later. Honestly, I didn't I didn't need Dean Ambrose reminding me of stuff that Seth had done four years ago when he initially turned or, or turned on him. That was when you got the kind of blood feud stuff between Ambrose and Rollins when he was you know messing with his money in the bank contract and all of that kind of stuff. That was fun, and you could feel that it was just angry and vengeful but it's even then it was i i agree to some extent but it was it was more tense but they still had so much goofy stuff like dean ambrose wasn't actually trying to kill seth he was trying to pour mustard on his briefcase it was just messing with him that's fine but i agree with you i i what i don't want to see writers of wwe that are listening (laughs) i i don't need to see you taking your one of your top guys right now in Seth Rollins, who might be the most over person in the company, or at least he was about a month ago, uh, and, and be dragged down in this kind of regurgitation of something that happened four years ago. This bastardized, brought back from the dead feud that six, eight months ago, they were the tag champs. But here's the problem is it should have worked. Nick, is that it should have, like, with them rehashing it, it was a home run. It was a gimme. They should have been able to put this over the fence, and instead they bunted for some reason. And that's what makes no sense. I I agree. The heel turn on the night that Roman Reigns announced he was leaving to deal with leukemia again, and and, uh, Dean turning on him with a skull-crushing finale. Skull-crushing finale. Dirty deeds. They look (laughs) so similar. Uh, With the dirty deeds uh, right there. And the emotion between the two of them and just like, no, it's okay, and you can do it. Oh, my God, I was so invested. Yep. That was what the fast, happened? That was a fastball <laughs> coming down the middle over the plate and just, think. No, just bunt. Oh. And it looks like that bunt's so, running. And it looks like that bunt is running foul, I'm afraid, right now. So, yeah. so the question go, is. Go, go away, Dean, for a little bit. Let's move you to one of the other brands or something. And won't. just. Nah. Yeah. He's not uh, going away. He's not going away. I, I don't. I'm afraid, but I, I'm wondering who will be faced. I think Finn and Dean might have a program after Finn's done with Brock. Who knows? I don't even know if, if Dean is going to have a match at uh, at Royal Rumble. I mean, Lashley's now the champ. Who is Lashley going to face? What what face could he face? I don't know. Uh, these shakeups definitely make me think differently about how the Rumble's going to play out. Like how the, what the card's going to look like. We only have one show left to go before the show, so. Man, it's, they're throwing a lot of stuff at us pretty late. One thing that they're not changing is the fact that we do have a match between Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks. They teamed oh, I was, up this week. I was hoping week. we could skip this part. No, this is Nia Jax. We had to talk about Nia Jax. Uh. You love talking about Nia Jax. <laughs> she's your favorite, especially when she's tag-teaming with Tamina. <laughs> oh, yes. So, that no, all joking aside, this was a pretty standard match. Uh, the only thing not standard was there was no miscommunication between Ronda and Sasha, as we usually see in these kinds of tag matches, at least until the end, once they had put away Nia and Tamina fairly cleanly. 
uh, is when Ronda started putting her foot in her mouth about how she's going to beat Sasha at the Royal Rumble, and Sasha took a little bit of offense to that. We saw some of that old, edgy Sasha Banks again, and uh, so now we're seeing how they're getting to this. Sasha will stay pretty much a face, but she takes umbrage at Ronda Rousey thinking uh, too highly of herself and not enough of Sasha Banks. No, no, but Sasha, I love you. You're my best friend. You're my friend. I love You're you. My I respect idol. you so much. I respect you so much. Well, I, but I prefer to have this kind of storyline than, Sasha, you stole my boyfriend. I'm going to get you. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, this is better. This is better. And even down to, yeah. like, backstage after this, they're still arguing backstage, and their respective best friends, Bailey and, and Natalia, come up, separate them, and send them off to the, to the respective locker rooms. And then uh, Bailey and Natalia get into a little argument about who's in the right. Uh, and while they're arguing, up comes the riot squad to say, yeah, we love when people argue. Let's kick your butts in the ring right now if you can find a third person. And we'll make your days even Uh-oh. worse. So Bailey and Natalia are like, oh, man, who can we get? There's not really anybody else around right now. Dana Brooke, we can't use her. Mickey James, who? We got nobody. Who can we possibly use? How about Nikki Cross? And we had Nikki Cross's first uh, Raw match. She was on SmackDown a little while back. Yeah, we had her first Raw match here uh, as it as it part of a tag team: Natalia Bailey and Nikki Cross versus the Riot Squad. Fun little match. Nothing to write home about. Nothing I think was really gonna uh, is not not building any story. But uh, Nikki looked like a million bucks. They let her do her Nikki thing. Look like a psychopath. Do a bunch of crazy fun Nikki spots. And uh, end up putting the draping, uh, twisting DDT onto, I believe it was Ruby Riot, and then Bailey does a beautiful elbow drop for the one, two, three. So that was a, that was a throwback. Her doing that to to Ruby for about two years ago in uh, NXT. They mentioned that they mentioned that they had history in NXT. It was kind of cool. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mind that at all. Uh, the one so. thing, I, one takeaway from this is that they have now split up Nikki Cross from Sanity if she stays on Raw, and it's still not confirmed where a lot of these people are ending up. Because okay. some, some of them, some of them were on both shows. I mean, Nikki was on SmackDown too, remember? So they yeah. they were all yeah, on true. they were all on both shows. So we still have no idea where they're ending. Yeah, good up. point. The, I mean, the uh, Heavy Machinery did a dark match last week on Smack after SmackDown went off air, and this week they they were on Raw. So yep. who knows where these guys are going to end up? Totally. Uh, speaking of who knows where they're going to end up, as we mentioned, Revival did ask for their release after their. Uh, match with the Lucha House Party, which they had to cheat to win. They'd uh, throw uh, one of the feet off the ropes during the pin. Uh, you know, but here's the it's the weird thing about the writing. We've complained about this for months is that the Revival have always been kind of the good guys in their matches. You know, they've been screwed out of the titles twice by the referees. They had to do uh, three on two matches against Lucha House Party before that. Like, I don't know how people were supposed to boo them. Their booking is so bizarre. I, I can't imagine why they would ask for their release with the way they're being treated yeah no kidding so at least they're being focused on we'll see give, if, give us three more months to put you at impossible odds or treat you like the dicks of the division well let's see maybe their threat will work so we'll see what happens going yeah. forward uh as you mentioned there was a ton of stuff that happened on smackdown live uh and we do have to talk about that um i i, I have to say that some of the stuff on smackdown live was the best stuff of the week and some of it was the worst would you agree to that? Uh, well said. <laughs> well, let's discuss it, Nick. Let's go over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, Becky Lynch and Asuka uh, opened the show this week. Becky pulling in in her SUV, throwing her key fob to Kayla Braxton, who dropped it, and she said, nice catch. thought that was a nice touch. Um, 
you know, they they have this moment, and again, as the listeners called out, thank you, listeners, they have been listening because Asuka commenced to really just tear down Becky, screaming at her in Japanese. I think it was after the match that she There was had, a lot though. of Asuka screaming in Japanese. Apparently, yeah, they've realized I, how cool yeah, that is. Yes, it's awesome. But before uh, we but got ba- there, yeah, you got to talk about this. We had two matches, yeah. We got to talk iconics about iconics are fantastic. The iconics are great. Before we get to the matches, Nick, oh. you, we got to call out the other thing the man did on the way to the ring. Okay. Which was as she was walking. Remember, we just talked about heavy machinery over on Raw. Well, they were also on SmackDown making the nastiest protein shake ever. Eggs with, with shells on, tuna straight out of the packet, uh, whole pancakes from the New Day who were standing right there looking on in horror. Uh, oh, now, well, two of them were. Big E was rubbing his big old tummy and going, nom, 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 nom. But uh, Becky, they, they Tucky went, or I'm sorry, a dozer went. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and uh, Xavier drinking, went. Oh no, and started drinking the whole thing down. It was great. And then, of course, Becky Lynch walks by and looks at the shake. Xavier Woods popping open his tracksuit to show his the man shirt, <laughs> which is great. And she takes a look at this uh, horrible concoction, takes a big old swig out of it, and goes, "Eh, little weak," and walks off. Fantastic stuff. Awesome. Fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful cold open. She comes out to the ring, calls out Asuka. Asuka comes out. They have a stare down, as you said. Lots of uh, Asuka. She tried to speak English at first, and she can speak English in a normal voice. But for some reason, when she screams in English, it just all gets garbled. And uh, Alabama was not very kind to her either saying what, which is just <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Um. But, uh, yeah, then we have the screaming in Japanese, and out come, as you said, the Iconics to talk smack to them. And Becky says, fine, you want to come out and talk smack? Let's do a match right now, and I'll show Asuka what I can do. She has a match with Peyton Royce, which actually ends up being competitive, but Becky ends up putting her away, of course. Asuka gets fired up and uh, says, oh, you anything you can do, I can do better. Throws uh, uh, Billy Kay. Billy Kay, thank you. Throws Billy Kay into the ring and proceeds to maul her destroys her and then uh, ends uh, ends the whole segment screaming at Billy. Becky Lynch in Japanese. So <laughs> just, uh, just I, I don't her. really know what to make of this. It was a fun exhibition. I like the Iconics being involved at the top of the women's card. I, I have no real complaints about any of this. It was a lot of fun. I have no complaints here either except for making Asuka scream in English, which just doesn't... I, it kind of kills her mystique a little bit. But luckily they got it back with the fact that she ended up looking like a killer by the end of this whole segment. Um, it made both women look amazing and seeing as they're going into a match. like I like this better than just having Becky win and then walk off. You know, Asuka coming in and being competitive and saying, oh, I can do I can do that too. I can kill the other iconic. Great. That's fantastic. Bitch, I fought Minoru Suzuki. Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> the <Exactly>. man. <laughs> oh, geez. No, so that's, that was great build. But uh, the, the whole segment ended weird, though, because right as they were staring each other down, AJ Styles' music hits. He comes out, stares down Becky, really stares down Asuka, walks around the ring, jumps the barricade, and then walks up into the stands, and we go to commercial. That was odd. Um, so I didn't mind how they built the Becky and Asuka match, but then we find AJ Styles in the concession stand saying all the things that Daniel Bryan said last week about people eating because they're unhappy and you shouldn't eat hot dogs, and that's all nonsense, and capitalism's great. Here, have AJ Styles shirts, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, just, I just had to put my head in my hands and just kind of 
rub my forehead and go, no, it's going to be okay. This this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> well, it is fine because it ended up in a nice little brawl. Daniel Bryan jumped him from the crowd, and they brawled, and of course, what end up going through the hot dog table, and Daniel Bryan was covered in mustard. But uh, yeah, this was fine too. I'm not. It it made them look like they can't stand each other. It made them look very aggressive. And even though I don't like the overuse of the kind of the trappings of of Daniel Bryan's like anti-capitalist hippie thing, like an AJ Styles coming around and being like, "No, capitalism's great, America." Yeah. It's fine. It's it's nothing. It's fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. These, get these two in a match together. It'll be fine. We're not going to care about any of this. So, yeah. Just one final note. Lacey Evans was shown backstage looking at uh, Becky and Asuka. Do you think that there is something there? Peak Southern Belle attire, I should say, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I, th- I think she could work a good program with Becky, but do you think that they would jump her up that high that quickly if Asuka retains? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. She's kind of Charlotte clone, so I don't know what, uh, what they're going to do about that. Yeah, I was surprised. I mean, as we said, they showed everybody on both shows. You know, EC3 was shown posing all over the place, which I, I hope we don't have Narcissist Part 2. That would suck for EC3. Um, but, uh, yeah, Lacey, much more shown prominently on SmackDown, and I would definitely keep her away from Charlotte. I think that's yep. what we we even called when we said what brands they should go to. It was definitely should absolutely be on Raw, or at yep. least the one that Charlotte's not on. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> there you go. Keep her away from Charlotte. Uh, we got to talk about what I thought was one of the best matches of the week. And this yeah. was like, this was like the big takeaway from SmackDown. Like the one that everyone's talking about, the thing that everyone's just head over heels for was last week. We saw a little bit of interaction in a tag match between Andrade Cien Almas and Rey no, no, Mysterio. It's just Andrade now. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I forgot. We can't <laughs> have more than one name in the WWE. We Andrade. can't, we can't. We can't be Claudio Cesaro. We can't be Alexander Rusev. We can't be Adrian Neville. We can't be Andrade Cien Almas. We have to just be Andrade. Okay, so now he's just Andrade. Great. But he had a match with Rey Mysterio this week. Yay! And it was freaking amazing! And I immediately forgot that I cared about that they shortened his name. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I stopped. I was like, cool, Andrade's great. (laughs) Honestly, like, here's the thing with the name change. Like, I, I, I hate that we're talking about the name change before we, before we talk about this match. But you are, you're right. It's relevant. That is the sign. Like, they're like that's when Vince has his eye on you. You're going to get a push, right? They don't do that to just anybody. If you don't, they don't care about you. They don't futz with your name. They don't futz with your style. If they're tweaking you, that's a good sign. Yep, I, I think. Yeah. So, uh, oh, absolutely. So I think that's a that's a definitely a good sign for Andrade. And my my God. Ray put him over huge in this match. Uh, he was he allowed him to show all the things he can do to a crowd who might not have seen him. And if you haven't seen his five star NXT match, then a lot of stuff here probably surprised you, like how incredibly good this guy is. Um, some of the some of the stuff at the end of this match, the the counters and the moves, like the, you know. Another Canadian destroyer into a crucifix bomb and just come on, yeah, come the, on. The the two things that you never see in WWE really anymore: Canadian destroyers and crucifix bombs, because they're they're so dangerous. You can hurt somebody really easily. very easily. <laughs> so I really I have to think this was Ray's plan. Um, I don't think he came back to WWE just for this, but I know that you know he has had a history of putting over. Latino stars and trying to get them big pushes in WWE and make them look good. Uh, he, mission accomplished this week. My God. 
He made it, he made Andrade Cien Almas look like sorry Andrade <clears throat> look like a million dollars, like yes. a freaking million dollars. And this is um, guys, if you watch one main roster WWE thing this week, go find this on YouTube. It's incredible. It's this was for me. This was the match of the week. That easily hands down. You you just don't see wrestling like this hardly anymore, uh, the, especially on a weekly TV show. Right? Maybe maybe on a pay per view. Yeah. You know. Uh, let's see. So here's my question. We, we've now seen Andrade go through basically the entire top of the card, uh, matches with AJ Styles, matches with Daniel Bryan, matches with, has he done Samoa Joe yet? I don't remember. Uh, he tagged with him. Tagged with him. That's right. So, and now Rey Mysterio putting him over huge with all of these crazy moves and, you know, what, and you said that they're grooming him. That's all of this is great news, right? They're running him through the ringers and making sure. I still, I got to be honest, and I kind of felt this way in NXT. Uh, I, if you go back and listen to the show, I remember doubting whether or not he would be able to get over. And I almost think that his in-ring ability combined with Zelina Vega as as a manager or a mouthpiece is, is the key combination here. Oh, if he absolutely. Ha- if he didn't have Zelina, I, I don't think they would do this. And I, I frankly, I'm still kind of skeptical that he could be the guy that, well, that could go up there. He's, and I don't think he's ever going to get as like to the very, very tippy top because of the language barrier and his. Even when he does speak English, and he did have a bit of a little promo this week backstage, and it was actually I think his best one, his clearest one at least. He's got a, his accent is so super thick, um, and you know he's he's able to knock out a sentence or two and then Zelina takes over and that's why he he was called up initially i imagine because between the two of them together is such an incredibly good package uh that they've put together there like that is a winning package to have the two of them not to mention the fact that they obviously believe in Zelina's ability to wrestle and for those of you who don't know Zelina's actually married to Alistair Black from NXT and she has been training with him in kickboxing and a lot of the stuff that he does. You can go check her out on Twitter. She's posted some of the videos of her kickboxing. She's freaking terrifying. Um, but they're obviously believing in her ability to go out there and work sometimes as well. So altogether, that's a very appealing package. And if you wonder if you can get over, look at this week. This crowd was, was hit or miss for most of the show, but they were alive for this match. They definitely got into this match. And part of that was because Andrade, the way he carries himself, the way like anyone who can wrestle this good is going to get over, period. Yeah, especially I mean, against Mysterio as well. So, I mean, all credit to Mysterio for, for putting him over as, as huge as he did. Uh, you know, not, not a damn thing to say bad about Ray. Ray is one of yeah. the greatest, one of the greatest to have ever lived. Uh, yeah. But you did mention Samoa Joe a second ago. He was also on the show in one segment. Uh, he was supposed to have a match with Mustafa Ali. But instead of having a match, he just he just murdered him. He just killed him. He just took him and threw him against both the ring posts. And Ali didn't even get his mask off, and Joe's already beating the hell out of him. Oh, I beat the crap out of him the entire time, screaming at him. Uh, do you understand? Do you understand now? And of course, that was paid off backstage by Joe in an interview, saying everyone needs to understand. I'm in the Royal Rumble, and I'm just basically going to kill everybody. Great, love it. Well, I, I, I believe it. I would like exactly to what we want out of Joe. I would love to see a feud between these two because I think I think that would be a really good. Not only the chemistry there, but uh, it'd be a good look for Ali as the kind of baby face that he is who fights upwards and Joe just being like the monster who's just in hell bent on killing him. I think yeah. that could be a good feud. So I wouldn't be mad if this ends up being a feud. But we just don't know if it's going to be that yet, if it's just a way to put Joe over for the Rumble. Hey, where's Jeff Hardy? 
Wait, is, is that done already? Is that is the is the whole you're a drunk, you're a junkie angle over? <laughs> I hope so. That was terrible. And the matches were good. They had good matches, but the the whole the feud, eh. the base of the feud was kind of crap. They were eh. I, they, know, was, I thought they had a couple eh. of great matches. Man, there was a couple of later ones where they got really hot at each other. They had some good stuff, I thought. Eh. It wasn't okay. It wasn't going to set the world on fire, but like as bad as it could have been, it was pretty good. That's true. Come on. That's true. Come on. Come on, guys. It wasn't Miz and Shane versus Sheamus. I'll tell you that, which uh, we also had this week. So Miz and Shane are still now best buddies, and it was Shane's 49th birthday this week. Happy birthday, Shane. Happy McMahon. birthday, Happy Shane. Happy birthday, Shane. Shane O'Mac. Uh, Miz got him a couple of nice cakes. He put together a nice video package of Shane McMahon doing all of the crazy spots and stunts that he's known for. Bought him and a $1,000 pair of Jordans. He bought him a nice pair. Of, nice pair. I don't know a damn thing about shoes, but those are nice shoes. Yeah, those are, those are about $600. They looked like something out of a science fiction movie from 1960. Crazy. <laughs> but uh, So they're having a nice time. We're all singing happy birthday to Shane, and out comes the bar to rain on their parade. Of course, Shane and Miz have a match against the bar at the Royal Rumble for the tag titles. And Sorry, this- I tickled myself. I, just, I hope somebody got my joke there, my little insert. Six hundred dollars shoes. Sorry, never. I didn't keep even going hear it. in. I didn't $600 even hear it. Six hundred dollars lizard shoes. All right, can't keep these gators down. Uh, so here's the. Th- this ended up in Miz having a match with Sheamus and winning. Ends up winning. Cesaro ends up getting put through a table with a cake on it. No surprise there. Yeah. As uh, soon as they set it up out, as soon as it's in the ring, you're like, yeah, somebody's uh, going through that. Go- that's that's a cheap looking cake. Miz yeah. says it's all special. That's a cheap looking cake. Someone's <laughs> going through that cake. That's way too wide of a target. Uh, And then, of course, afterwards, Sheamus is put in the corner, and we get a coast-to-coast. Shane kicks a cake into Sheamus' face from across the ring. Looked particularly painful. Every time Shane takes that move, that's not selling. He's actually hurt. That that, that has to hurt. That looks like it sucks so bad. Um, But then, of course, they get up afterwards, and they celebrate, and Miz lovingly rubs some cake in Shane's face. So... uh, Obviously, like we're as we've said the last couple of weeks, we're still going hard into this. Miz is a is a face now, if, you know, and we're openly de- demonstrating all the ways that he used to be a heel, where he didn't want to fight. He would use his his suit, his expensive suit, as an excuse not to to fight in a match. Here, he said, "Oh, I got an expensive suit, but I'll fight anyway," including getting his shirt ripped off. Um, you know, being brave, uh, be like like celebrating Shane's birthday with no subtext, no malice, no ulterior motives. This was just him being a nice guy. So is this the right way to make him face, like just to slowly make him a likable guy through a kind of a comedy angle? Like, is this the right way to do it, do you think? Um, How else would you do it? No. Okay, how would you do it then? Uh, This, I'm already over this whole thing. Oh, wow. Uh, Keep it, this whole best in the world, trophy, two-thirds, one-third. I I was over it the minute it, it started. I didn't like it. I, I, I've been trying to play along and just like, okay, let's see what happens. Uh, maybe Shane will turn on him and that'll cement him as a face to go up with Daniel Bryan. And I mean, if that's the outcome we get out of it, fine. And this will all have been worth it. I just, I, uh, every day, every week that goes by, I just start turning my nose up a little bit more at this. I, I just, I don't see the end game here. See, I see the end game. I, I definitely do. I don't know if Shane's going to turn heel or if it's just a way to get Miz over as a face to have a Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania. Um, if, and if, if the latter is the case, I think this is a completely fine way of doing it. It's light. 
It's it is fun. It's not it's not like it's being done poorly. I don't like the bar still being made to look like fools and and being parts of these kind of gimmicks uh, bits all the time. Um, but as far as WWE programming goes, this is fairly innocuous. And if it makes people think more kindly of the Miz in the long term, if that's the long term game, then this is a you know it's a lighthearted way of doing it. It's not making the Miz into some sort of like gritty anti-hero that you start rooting for. This is playing into the Miz's strengths, which are being charismatic. So if you take away the smarminess from him, or if you have that smarminess sort of slowly slip away as he becomes more and more kind of like this charming, goofy, lovable guy who can go in the ring and, you know, he put Sheamus away this week with a skull-crushing finale. It makes you, it makes him more accessible. So I, I see their logic here, and maybe on a week-to-week basis, it isn't our favorite thing, but I think ultimately this is kind of one of the better ways to do it with, with what Miz is, with who he is, and what his strengths are. I think this is, this is a, as good a way as any to get him over. My only concern would be you're, you, you start getting into goofy, nebbish, Sami Zayn kind of territory, and it's, that's, that would be, mm-mm. I don't want to see that for the Miz. Well, it's definitely, it's, it's tightrope. It always is. Any kind of yeah. major you know, face or heel turn is a tightrope walk. Like You have to be careful. Becky Lynch is a tightrope walk every week, and there were some times this week where I was like, eh, I saw like, the man persona slip a little bit or be you know, too much. You know what I mean? It's always a tightrope. So we'll see how they do. We'll see how it goes. So far, I, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if you start liking it more or if I start hating it more as the weeks go on. Here's uh, what I do have a problem with. All right. Mandy Rose in a... Uh, oh God, I don't even know how to say this. Just this whole Mandy- it just makes me mad. That whatever the hell they're doing with Mandy Rose and Naomi yep. Yep. is pointless, stupid. It's going to bear no fruit other than... You know, likes on Instagram at the picture. Six point three million six point three million views on YouTube right now for this bit this week. Yep. That's that is what this is doing. And that is why it will continue. I hate to say it. It's it's trashy, it's dumb, it doesn't make anybody look good in this scenario. This week, uh Jay and Jimmy Oso doing a photo shoot. Jimmy gets a nice little uh package and he thinks it's from Naomi because their anniversary is coming up, but no, it's from Mandy, it's a rose, and it's her hotel room key. Ooh. Uh, meanwhile, we have a backstage bit where Mandy's shown talking to Sonia, who's like, what are you doing, Mandy? And Mandy's like, well, I hate Naomi, so I'm going to get over on her the best way I know how, which is to ruin her marriage. So sure enough, Jimmy goes to the hotel room. He goes in. Mandy's in there in a little black Hang on. robe. Hang on. Why would you go to the hotel room? Well, it, it does make sense in a second. Hold on. It makes sense in a second. <laughs> okay. Um, it's actually funny. Uh, JBC was was telling me, she was like she was watching this, and the second he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to the hotel room." She's like, "I'm gonna kill him." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, well, "Keep watching, keep watching." There's there's more. Uh, so he goes in. Mandy's in there in a little black robe. She removes it to show some some lingerie, which, uh, frankly, I'd have to say was 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 not too bad. It but basically looked like a larger version of a larger black lacy version of her ring gear. So it wasn't like it was, it was less scandalous. revealing than what you could see on her Instagram account. Kid. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So nothing too scandalous there, but right. He's uh, he's in there going, man, what are you doing? And while they're talking, a photographer runs out of the bathroom, snaps some shots of them and the cameraman from WW that's there filming them, by the way. And then he runs out, <laughs> but, but that's by the way, that's the, that's the WW logic that I particularly was laughing at this. 
for was not only do we have Mandy on camera talking to Sonia saying, oh, yeah, I'm totally just going to do this to ruin Naomi's life and I'm making all this up. But then we have she has a paparazzi camera guy in the bathroom who runs out and takes snapshots of them while they're being filmed by by the WWE. Oh, God, it's just it's it's TV. It's It's make believe. It's so dumb. Anyway, so (laughs) uh, so Jimmy goes, wait, that's what this was about is you just want to get a picture of me and you in a hotel room. And she's like, yes. I just I hate you Naomi. You could never get this. You could never get this. I don't care about you at all, Jimmy. I just wanted to get at your wife and make her mad. And Jimmy says, "Oh, my wife, huh?" Walks out of the hotel room, you know, cut to Mandy's face going, "Oh my god." Turn around. There's Naomi. She came with Jimmy and she proceeded to beat the crap out of Mandy Rose. Mandy ends up escaping and Jimmy says, "Oh, you'll get her later, babe." So, uh yeah, that was my, I, I still have yet to find my brain cells that I lost during this whole bit. Yeah. Um, the, I get, I do, okay, I get what they're going for. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to sexualize Mandy while still showing that she's conniving and is running a plan here as opposed to genuinely being a house wrecking hussy, right? This, she's, not, <laughs> she's not just that. She's actually, she's got a plan. But her plan is stupid, and she is stupid, and this bit is stupid, and I'm stupider for having watched this whole thing. I, w- I want to see Mandy, you know, she was doing these power strength moves when she was first debuted. Uh, it, they were awesome in, in the ring, and I want to see more of that. Yeah. I want to see her in the ring. I, I don't want to see her running around in a towel. I don't want to see her breaking up marriages in lingerie. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah, if this is done now and we head into some wrestling, like okay, you've set this now you now you guys have set the basis, the foundation for a feud. Okay. From now on, just wrestling and I'll be fine with it. All right? Yeah. I'm okay, there with you. You know what I mean? Like fine, you got your YouTube hits, you got some eyes on your product. Now go let these ladies wrestle. Yes, and- we know Mandy Rose is hot. You don't have to keep <laughs> continually shoving that down our, our face in our face. Oh, Naomi's pretty good looking too. Anyway, it's they got they have a bunch of of, uh, of attractive women working for them in WWE. Uh, I just wish that they would, uh, you know, they're they're there to be skillful wrestlers at this point. Where this is not 2009, we're not having pudding matches. So, <laughs> women's evolution Old pudding matches. Hashtag, yeah, right. hashtag evolution, Nick. Hashtag uh, what is it? Uh, not me too. What was the other? Oh, times up. Hashtag times, times up. Yeah, enough of this. Enough of this hotel crap. A um, couple of other qu- quick things on SmackDown Live. We did have a U.S. title match announced for Royal Rumble, which we've had almost no build for. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a little segment next week to kind of drive it home. But Rusev will be facing Nakamura for the U.S. Championship. Hopefully, like I said, we have we have one more one more week. Maybe we can get one more little uh, go home point on that match. Um, I expect that. I expect we'll have some sort of physicality or interaction next week. So, real quick before we move on. To, to the rest of the show. Okay. This week, we had the first cameos from the NXT call-ups. And the only person who had a match was Nikki Cross. But we had EC3 was one of the people who was trying to get in Vince's face and, and get into the main event picture on Raw. And then he was posing in a mirror on SmackDown. Nikki was hiding behind some fence on SmackDown asking to come play. Was. Yeah, of course. Um, Lacey Evans, as we said, was watching the Becky and Asuka uh, stare down and the, uh, the Iconics matches. Um... Heavy Machinery, as we mentioned, had a couple of big moments. 
What do you think of what we're seeing so far from them, and why do you think they're presenting them the way that they are right now? I think the fashion police are sorely missed, and the heavy machinery are unfortunately going to fill that void, that comedy void. I, I, uh, I have on. to absolutely 100 agree with your assessment there. They're absolutely being positioned as the new comedy team. And, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with it as long as we actually get to see them wrestle or something. Like, be not backstage. Prepare please. for the worm in every match. Fine. You will have Otis Dozovich doing the worm in every freaking match. Bring out, have, make their gimmick a barbell in one hand and a giant T-bone steak in the other every single time. <laughs> Team up with the New Day and do, get the stakes and weights thing over using the New Day because yeah, they can. They've already been with the New Day in one segment, and frankly, it was pretty fun. It uh, was hilarious. Yeah, it was juxtaposed pretty well. Here's the thing is that heavy machinery, especially Otis, this is what we've been saying for a while. They're incredibly entertaining, and this is very much... Uh, if WWE wants to make them a fun gimmick, which is kind of WWE stock in trade, for better or for worse, whatever you think of it, uh, they're positioned to be a very popular tag team, frankly. I mostly um, feel bad for Tucker, uh, who is a legit amateur NCAA wrestler. You know, really, really good. I think he's going to get left behind here. He's, he's I, yeah, I hate to say he is the Genetti. He's the less interesting one of the two. <laughs> he's the Genetti. He's the Genetti. Yep. He's, he's the big cast. You know what I mean? Like he he works great in this tag team, but outside of it, some special scientist in WWE lore under their employee went and dug up, exhumed the bodies of the Kool Aid Man and the Macho Man Randy Savage, and combined them together like Dino DNA, and we have Otis Dozovich. It is it <laughs> is a magnificent pairing. Instead of oh yeah, it's Asa. Oh, he still does. Oh, yeah. I guess he does. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh my God. man. And a, and, a, got... and, a, and a fire hydrant got somehow thrown into this gumbo as well. Right. Uh, so here's the question. Why? What are they doing with them right now? Because it feels like and this is kind of a leading question. It feels like they're just being shown to us with no real direction. It's kind of just an introduction to the characters without really telling us more than just the basic. Hey, this is their gimmick kind of thing. Uh, is that yeah. is that okay, or should they have waited until they had something for them? I think it's step two because they've burned out the video packages they've been ramming down our throats for the last three weeks. I'll so let's actually have them appear in little cameos or vignettes in some capacity. You know, that's that's my take on it. That's pretty much from what I understand. That is the that's the logic is we can't keep showing video packages, but we don't have anything for them yet. So let's just get them out there and let people see them. My issue with that is is that's not a great way to debut somebody. Like, you know, the, the, the good way to debut somebody is have them come out. Like like Nikki Cross on Raw was a good way to do it. Have, yeah, show them in a match. match. Show yeah. them in a match. You know, having them just randomly be backstage or having Otis come out and stalk Alexa Bliss on Raw. Having her and Ruby weird. have a moment and have the commentary call it out. That yeah. was brilliant. History. You know? I don't even mind Lacey Evans you know, watching the match backstage, like uh, judgmentally, like that was even good. EC3, I'm a little worried about some of the heavy machinery stuff. I'm worried about. Um, I, I just I question not having anything to do, like because right now, and, and I know they did this with Elias too for a while, where Elias was just wandering around backstage strumming a guitar. So I guess it's not the end of the world, but it definitely makes me raise an eyebrow. I don't think it's the best way to introduce somebody when you obviously have no idea what you want to do with them. Well, hey, guys, that's it for the main roster shows, but we're not done. We got a lot more to talk about over in 
the wide world of wrestling. NXT. We got to start talking about NXT because they've got a takeover in Phoenix on the same weekend as Royal Rumble. It's on the Saturday right before it, and there's a lot of build going on on NXT for that. Uh, we had a lot of we had some some promos from Tommaso Ciampa and Alex uh, Alistair Black getting ready for their match. Some stuff with Johnny Gargano. He and Ricochet have a match. We had a, a little vignette with the the Wall Waiters uh, who have a match with Undisputed Era for the tag championships. A very but, Bray Wyatt vignette, I should say. Uh, well, <laughs> why? Because it was out in the field and they were burning things and it was nighttime. Yes, yeah. yes it was and very. They have, and they have spooky big, big big beards and long hair. I mean, it's just <laughs> and they kept repeating themselves like they were speaking in tongues or something. I just like okay. Well, fine. at least they didn't they didn't keep laughing for no reason. But uh, uh, I I would say I miss Bray Wyatt, but I don't. Uh, but we started off with the tag match: the Street Aww. Profits versus. I don't miss him. I don't miss Bray Wyatt. I I, I, I don't miss what do. he. I don't miss what he became. I miss. Four years ago, Bray Wyatt. I miss the Wyatt family. I miss all the promos and the vignettes of him in the in the rocking chair in the old barn and yeah. that spooky shit. That was fantastic. I don't, I don't miss Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I don't miss Bray Wyatt being useless with Matt Hardy. I don't miss all of that crap. Me either. So, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> we digress. Street Profits versus the, the Metro Bros. What What is up? Okay, the Metro Bros. Looked like a couple of dudes... Uh, it was like Double Dragon. It was like Double Dragon meets like West Side Story. What the hell was it with these guys? <laughs> what was up with this? That was like such an early 90s gimmick. What was that? Thank well, God. When they, when they said the Metro Bros, I halfway expected them to come out dressed a little more like Velveteen Dream. You know, it's I, you know non-binary I, kind of, you know. I hate to say it. I did too. I was like... <laughs> Like, are they going to um, be in pink leggings and, for, you know, have I, their hair pulled up? I was waiting for Chuck and Billy to come out. Oh, it was oh, terrible. No. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but no, no, they were the Metro Bros. Like, they live in the Metro, in the Metropolitan. Like, the, they live in the, 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 the bus station. Anyway. They're like greasers from, like, from yeah, Greece. like greasers. You know? yeah. yeah. But luckily, they were beaten fairly quickly by the Street Profits. This was an entertaining match. Street Profits looked very charismatic. Looks like they'll be getting some sort of push soon. Maybe they're the next in line after the Wall Waiters uh, get beaten by Undisputed Era. Did I just say that? Uh, but yeah, this was a great look for the Street Profits. A little bit fun. Um, I don't know. Afterwards, the the Forgotten Sons beat up the Street Profits. Do you think we're going to get a feud there? And should we? I think that's the feud. Um, I don't think they're going to get a shot at Undisputed Era. I don't think they're going to get a shot at War Machine anytime soon. If we get that by Mania, I'll, I'll be impressed. Um, but I, I think we are going to get a Forgotten Sons versus Street Profits feud. It'll be interesting to see how Jackson Riker fits into that. It'll be interesting to see if they keep Jackson Riker under the Forgotten Sons or if they give him some kind of, if he can get his shit together, I should say. Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, I'm convinced he's just a look. I, I have hope. I haven't lost hope. I don't um, know, man. The audience has turned on the Forgotten Sons something yeah. fierce. I mean, we were, forgot you. They were. They were. They <laughs> stay forgotten. You could get. You could say that they were getting a strong heel reaction, or you could say that that was some X Pac heat because they were. It was not the kind of you suck that you want to get as a heel. To me, that's not. That's not what I heard. Uh, I definitely heard a crowd that did not like them as performers. Not. Not. not you know what I mean. Not as. Not as characters. Mickle! Yeah. Mickle! <laughs> 
Well, it is full sale. That's yeah, probably exactly. A, pickle is applicable. Uh, we also had a little stare down. Bianca Belair came out and uh, was talking about how she is still undefeated and uh, has a match with with uh, Shayna Baszler coming up. At the this was takeover. excellent. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Shayna comes out, gets in her face, along with uh, her two buddies, Marnisha Fear and Jessamyn Duke, and uh, says, oh, yeah, I'm going to break your arm, Bianca. And Bianca had such a fun, like, ad- attitudinal chick come back to this whole thing. Oh, girl, no. Uh-uh. You ain't going to do nothing of that. Oh, it was the audience loved it. I loved it. It was something you don't normally hear in promos. She sounded like herself. Uh, she sounded confident. This was a good look for her on the mic, as far as I was concerned. It, it felt like a boxing weigh-in press conference or like a, a UFC weigh-in press conference kind of thing, and I liked the vibe of it. I like what Shayna and the other two girls, kind of as, the, as her posse, brought to it like you commonly see at boxing matches. I, I, just, I, I loved this dynamic of it, and I know we try to do contract signings and things like that in the WWE as a, as a spectacle or as a, as a moment to spur some, some physicality, it just it wasn't even needed here. I thought this entire thing, the exchange back and forth, was fantastic. Yeah, the stare down is a trope as old as time in wrestling, and yeah. they did, they did a great job with this. Uh, Bianca ends up slapping Shayna and, and ditching the ring, so she's looking strong going into takeover. We also had speaking of looking strong, we had another Dominic Dijakovic. I Dijakovic. I can't. I can't even. I can't even with. Dijak, freaking die! Why don't you just call it Dijak? You you just changed his name from to Andrade, Ugh. and now on the other brand, you're trying to extend their name. His name is Donovan Dijak or Chris Dijak. I think just is what his real call name him, is. Call him, call him Dijak. Just Dijak. It's brilliant. It goes just with his Dijak. music. It goes with his look. It makes him a killer. Anyway, Dijak. Get a match with Adrian Haoud, and uh, and it was it was interesting because. Yet how doing kind of like a capoeira ground based yeah. style and Dijakovic, God, is uh, just a big brawling dude from what we've seen so far. <laughs> Foreshadowing, um, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition of styles. It looked, it made it look like uh, Dijakovic was kind of put on his heels for a second there. It made Haoud look like he was legit, like he was a scary guy. So it was a fun little match. Put both guys over. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to, to Dijak getting let loose a little bit more and showing, what, showing what he can really do. I, I'm going to make a motion here on the show. Let me know if you second. We just referred to him as Dijak from now on. I don't want to confuse people who've just tuned into the show. <laughs> okay. It's kind of, you know, it's, kind of, it's going to be one of those things like uh, Maria Bennett at, at Canellis and uh, what, what wall waiters and things like that where we just it's one of those things we just continuously bitch about. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> the names. I'm going to keep calling him Cien Almas. Screw it. Um, speaking of which, Humberto Carrillo. We were talking about him last week. If you're listening to the show, Humberto Carrillo came out this week and had a match with Johnny Gargano, and it was a baller match. Both these guys Holy can smokes. go. Uh, we've been. I've been talking up Carrillo for a while. He's the old Ultimo Ninja uh, down in, from down in Mexico. Uh, I was high on him when he first showed up with uh, Raul Mendoza in a tag team. I was, I was telling y'all, telling y'all, this boy is something. I'm trying to tell y'all about this Carrillo guy. Mm, 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 mm. What a week that dude had. Yeah, so but this match only, was nuts. It was. It, this was a great match. Johnny ends up winning with the uh, the draping DDT, uh, or this was well, slingshot DDT. Excuse me. Yeah. But um, and I thought this was a smart idea also to have Johnny work Carrillo because Carrillo is also kind of a high flyer. 
like Ricochet, who Johnny has the match with a takeover. So it kind of whets our appetite a little bit. But uh, but yeah, Carrillo also over on 205 Live. We'll talk about that in a second. Carrillo, I think, might be a guy who's going to get a big push soon. That's just uh, that's my opinion. But we'll talk about that in, when we get to 205 Live about Carrillo and his push because we got to get that whole thing before we can talk about that. Um, why don't you talk about this next match, Nick's? Because oh. I, know you, I know you like the Haas matches. The main event oh. this week, Keith Lee. Oh. Keith oh. Lee avenging the beatdown that uh, Matt Riddle took from Cassius Ono a week or two ago yes. by having a match with the knockout artist Cassius Ono this week. Why don't you tell us about this match, Nick? Uh, first and foremost, something you'll never be able to unsee, Cassius Ono is actually the fatter, older brother of AJ Styles. You're welcome. Uh, oh, Cassius Ono had a match on. with Keith Lee. He beat the absolute... They beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, it, this, it, was, this is exactly what we wanted to see. This was this was big men throwing some meat around. There's a lot you of got, beef. You, you, you got a lot of beef yeah. in the ring, Nick. A lot of beef in here. A lot of beef in here. <laughs> Especially on his thighs. Anyway, uh, we got to see a lot more out of what Keith Lee uh, can do. And man, I mean that the one move that I love of Keith's, we, we haven't seen his like push-up power bomb that he does yet, I don't think. We've, you, you've seen the, the spirit NXT. bomb once. You've seen the spirit, the spirit bomb once. Bomb. Yeah. Uh, but he did do this week. He did do that bull rush cannonball where he changes directions, running the ropes, yeah, and bowls him over. I didn't know he could do that to Cassius, but Cassius man sold the shit out of it. Took he, that hard. He had a couple of big ones, uh, big like picking up Cassius moves that were like, you know, he pounced him like you were saying. That was pretty cool. But yeah, he had a couple of like big picking up Cassius moves where it it looked impressive as hell, showing off Keith's strength. Um, we also got to see a little bit more of a vicious side of Keith here too, where he looked a little bit more aggressive, which was a yeah. good, it's a very good look on him because that man is terrifying when angry. Yeah. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, did end with a little bit of a muddled finish. The ref went down. Uh, he got, he got knocked into and Cassius took the opportunity to throw a low blow in there and, uh, Great, more dick punching. Uh, hey, what, you know what? It worked here. It, it actually, did. It, did, it did. It did work here. Uh, when used appropriately, it's it's fine, and this this worked here because it made Cassius look like a scumbag heel with a high ring IQ who took advantage of it, um, like Daniel Bryan when he won the title. Like just yeah. as long as it's not like every single match like AJ Nakamura. Uh, so this was fine. Riddle coming out to, to defend Lee after the match. I'm curious where this is going. I know we're going to have some more to do with uh, Riddle and Ono. I'm just wondering if it's going to be one on one. Well, after the match, Riddle comes running out after That's the big mean. punch yeah. uh, to, to kind of fend off the beatdown. And, you know, referees are coming out chasing him. They made this whole deal about how he's not cleared for action or any of that kind of stuff and still comes running out in a suit and his slides. I thought that was brilliant. Because why not? That's his thing. That's how he showed yeah. up to, ten, to take over the, the first time we saw him. But, uh, <laughs> but no, this is the thing. Is I'm wondering, so Keith Lee now is, is now involved in this. Do we see... One on one Riddle versus Ono again, or do we see Riddle and Lee teaming up against Ono and oh I don't know some guy they may have had indie uh, matches with that they know really well. Hey, you're picking up what I'm putting down there, Mister Howell. I would love I, to see that. I may imagine, have been there with you to see it. You may have. Yeah, can you imagine uh, Dijakovic? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get good at saying it. Dijakovic. And Ono versus Riddle and Lee. Can you imagine that? Can we can we swap out Ono for Ricochet and then complete the Triforce? <laughs> no. Come on, man. Uh, 
No, seriously though, that that would be amazing. I would love to see that if oh, it yeah. does if it does become a tag match uh, down the road. I would be totally down to see that. So hopefully we get to see that. Uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of NXT, we did mention that there was a takeover for NXT UK it happened in Blackpool this last Saturday. And frankly, if you haven't been watching NXT UK, don't worry about it. Just go watch this takeover because it was great from top to bottom. And you don't have to know really who these guys are. They introduce them. And it was a great freaking show. Starts off with Mustache Mountain, which you may know as Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. They've been on NXT before. Uh, versus the Grizzled Young Veterans, also known as Zach Gibson and James Drake. Shoes off. Shoes off. But uh, this is this was, I thought, the best tech, from a technical standpoint, the best match of the show. Opened so hot. Uh, but Grizzled Young Veterans end up becoming the very first NXT UK Tag team champions. The heels go over. I don't know if I can say this is the best match of the show, but man, that Pete Dunjo coffee match, dude. It was pretty good, too. That was ball. <laughs> it was pretty good, too. We'll get to that. But this was this. They definitely opened the show hot. Some incredible stuff here. True. Um, and I'm sorry, dude. Like the, these guys are all great, but Tyler Bate is freaking next level. Yeah, that he, dude he's not is not human. I swear he's got cyborg legs. He, if, we, if we cut open his thighs, there would be like titanium RoboCop rods in there. Or he, did a, he did an airplane swing with both Zach Gibson and James Drake on his shoulders. It's it's it's, it's even more insane to see. Uh, next up, we had Jordan Devlin was supposed to face Travis, Travis, Travis Evan Banks for the uh, uh, but uh, but no. Before the match, he ended up attacking Travis ba- uh, Banks backstage. Travis still limped to the ring and tried to have a match, but was quickly taken out by Devlin who then stood in the ring and said, oh, I guess I don't have a match tonight. Wrong. Out comes Johnny Saint to set him straight and say, no, no, no. We found a replacement. Your old sensei, the guy who trained you how to wrestle, Finn freaking Balor. What? 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 That place lost its collective mind. If you've ever wanted to see an entire place where not a single person didn't put their hands up in the air with Finn Balor, this is the show to watch because there wasn't a single person that didn't freak out when Finn Balor came out and then had a great match with his former student. It's a small little venue. That entire place erupted when when his music hit. Yeah, they were a great absurd. They were a great crowd from top to bottom, but this was definitely one of those moments where they lost their damn minds. Yeah, goosies for sure. It was a, it was smart because you have the heels go over in the first match and then it looked like it's going to continue, but then when Finn comes out, all of that pent-up energy is just let out. So it was it was smart booking there. Um I also thought it was uh I mean, I know Triple H runs NXT but I wonder if this was a sign of Finn's position overall in the company or just how he is with, with, with Triple H. No, I, I, think, I think it is a sign, and it's a good sign, not a one that you're not good enough for the main roster, but we need you to go amp up this yeah. other division and kind of give it some credence. Yeah. And I hate to say that with, even with Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne oh. and Trent Seven and, all, and Joe Coffey and Zach Gibb, all of these other guys... They're not as well known anywhere as Finn Balor they're is. They're nowhere near really, on his level. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. nowhere near on his level. Absolutely. So he definitely a- added a serious air of legitimacy to this whole takeover. Uh, we also had a no DQ match between Dave Mastiff and Eddie Dennis. This was a nice changeup, brutal, hard hitting, like methodical, but then big spots. So it was a nice way to kind of pace out the middle of the show. Uh, surprise, Dave, surprise. Nick is a big fan of Dave Mastiff. Yeah. Just, just saying. Because he's, he's, man, he's built like a dump truck. 
He's God. huge. Uh, but he did win. Nice with beard the, too. He did. He did win with the cannonball on a on a table in the corner. Which, by the way, of any cannonball I've seen, definitely looked like one of the most devastating. Good God. Um, we also had a women's championship match. Tony Storm finally coming in to get her match against Rhea Ripley, uh, who has been, as we said last week, Rhea Ripley has been holding on to the championship uh, for Tony Storm. And sure enough, Tony did right. go over here and picked up the UK title that she was initially supposed to be uh, supposed to have before she got injured. So yeah, she had too many titles to drop and then an injury. Yeah, and, and just put it, it didn't, back. So didn't fine. work out. So nice to see her finally get her UK title. Uh, well, I don't know, man. So far, we've called every match correctly. Uh, what what we got? One more to go. Pete Dunn versus Joe Coffey, and this is one we talked about last week, where we said there's no way that Pete Dunn loses it to Joe Coffey because Joe Coffey isn't a big enough name. And right. sure enough, we were right. He came really close. Joe Coffey put on they put on a great match, made it look competitive, but Joe Coffey did go down. And who was it, Nick, that we said that's the only person that could possibly compete for Pete Dunn's championship that he's held for 600-plus days? Who could possibly take it off of him and be legit? Who was Ring that, Ring Who Ring was that, Kumpf. Nick? Was that Walter? Because Walter. Walter. Because Walter came out at the end of the show and had a face-off with Pete Dunn. And it was awesome. <sighs> they do listen. It's great. I, I squealed. Oh, I, I, I legit squealed when God. I heard his music. Oh, <laughs> oh he, he's so terrifying. I wish we were live right now and you could see me go. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I had a little mark out. I had a mark out moment over here. Oh, God. Uh, if you guys don't know about Walter. If, yeah. If you go don't look up some Walter. If you don't look up his match against Mark Davis. Good God. <laughs> that, he was that bleeding. Bastard. Mark Davis was bleeding from the chest within five minutes of that match. Within three chops, he was bleeding from the chest. Walter is one of the most gnarly, brutal wrestlers in the world. We've talked about him before on this show. He's this enormous German guy um, who's actually a, a really big name in Europe, in the Indies. He's probably one of the most over guys there is. Uh, you know, the whole ring comp idea that, is, that he started the stable um, back in the day with, uh, with Axel Dieter, uh, who you might know better Um as uh what is he now marcel barthel is what he's known yeah. as now yeah um and then timothy thatcher who is uh he's over in evolve right now so he's probably going to end up in wwe at some point um but then also uh what's his name alexander wolf was also one of the guys that started ring comp it was a stable back in yeah. the day in, in germany for wxw of, of sanity uh yeah of, yes alexander wolf of sanity uh used to be known as axel tischer Teacher, Teicher? Teacher. Teicher. Teacher. Uh, anyway, so ring comp actually means ring fight. And the whole idea behind it is that they're just the they they want to be the best guys in the world when it comes into the ring. They believe that the ring is sacred, that's a it's a holy place, and that if you don't come in there and give your best, then you're you're diddly squat. So they all they're all very arrogant they're all very superior which can play well as heels or faces and they've done they've all done both but uh, and walter i can't really tell if they're bringing him in as a heel or a face hopefully as a heel because he would make a great heel but yeah. he is a guy who can he's had matches with pete dunn before he's in the, the indies he's the epitome of a heel you can he's had matches while pete dunn's been the champ you know out in the indies whether at wxw or i think defiant they had a match but um, you can go look up some of those matches. He and Pete Dunn have had matches before. They're fantastic. I can't wait until we have some matches in NXT UK and a bigger audience gets to see this. 
I do know that uh, Walter does not want to come live in the U.S. He doesn't want to go to the NXT in the U.S., nor does he want to do the WWE travel schedule. So we may never see him on the main roster or in NXT U.S., but the fact that we get to see him in NXT UK and we might actually have him as the champion uh, is very, very exciting. This guy is super awesome. Uh, I think we, we last time we went to a PWG show, Nick, we were talking about it because he was there and he was facing Brody King. And I remember uh, JBC was with us and she talked to Brody King and he said something to the effect of before this match with Walter, he was like, yeah, I'm kind of not looking forward to this. Yeah, <laughs> my, sh- my my pectoral muscles are going to be paying for it for days. And sure enough, he got the absolute crap beat out of him. That's back when Walter was PWG, PWG champ. So, yeah, Walter. Walter showed up. If you watch NXT UK for no other reason, A, it's it's fantastic. You know, I don't want to say old school, but the, the UK style of wrestling is very grappling heavy, very uh, technically heavy. Catch it's, catch it's, catch it, can. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you've got all of that going on. You've got the craziness of Tyler Bate. You've got the one of the longest reigning champions ever in Pete Dunne of over 600 days now as the NXT UK champion. And Walter just showed up. Yeah. Yep. And, so, it, and that, is, that place is stacked, not to mention Tony Storm, Rhea Ripley. Uh, Deanna Parazza. Uh, there's all kinds of superstars that are over there on that roster. And we actually saw some new faces in the crowd. Kaylee Ray, who last I checked was still World of Sport Women's Champion. Oops. And uh, Jazzy Gabbert. You, remember, you may remember her from yeah. Alpha Female. You remember, remember her from uh, the first Mae Young Classic. They were in the crowd. So hopefully Charlotte was there, too, in oh, the, at yeah. the pay-per-view. Yeah, hopefully we see some more of them. I'm not Charlotte, but, you know, Jazzy and, and Kaylee Ray. I'm wondering uh, if something's going on between her and Finn. They had, no, maybe I don't, something to check. Uh, there was an announcement of a, the International Performance Center that's going to be have in. I think it's actually done. It's in London right now. So they're basically it's their Orlando Full Sail University in London for their UK brand. Now, is, do you think that's indicative of what they're going to do around the world, like create essentially dojos? I think they're silly not to. Yeah, it makes it um, actually I think makes it's, sense. If you look, if you go back at Smoky Mountain and Ohio Valley and the the New York one for WWF, all of them had like training facilities, and it wasn't really tryouts. It was more of like, okay, come in, show us. It was kind of tryouts, but it was more of a workout place. Yeah. It's nowhere. It was nowhere near what Full Sail and the Performance Center have evolved into in modern times. Oh but God! I, there's, it's it'd be they'd be silly not to have a place. Hey, are you are you a wrestler? Do you want to learn more about being a sports entertainer? Yeah. By the way, come practice with us. You can do free training. Blah blah blah. Here's a contract. It's actually really funny to hear like Seth Rollins. This is how recently they've upped the performance center. Seth Rollins talking about being at the performance center and what a dump it was and how awful it was to be there. And he goes, he's like, I go back now and it's like Disneyland. <laughs> he's like, I wish it had been that nice when I was there. So they obviously have upped their standards as well. So probably would make it a lot more appealing to people on the indies who now have so many options of things to do. And if you want to just go and learn the WWE style from day one. So um, I think it's a sign of good things. I don't know about you, Nick. If they can pull off this kind of takeover, even on the UK brand, do you think UK is going to get more eyes on it? I don't know. Do we have any indication of the numbers on the network of, of how many how it was viewed? No, it happened too recently. We don't have the, the ratings yet for the network. Okay. Uh, but I would like to think, I would hope 
that this would be something that people would see on there and check out because it, it you know it's hard to keep up on the weekly i get that there's a lot of wrestling every week but if like a big show like this comes out a lot of people don't watch nxt they just watch the takeovers and i was hoping this is one that people do that as well and if, if you listen to this show definitely worth checking out pretty much if anything. you watch nxt you're going to recognize a lot of, at least half of the people that were in matches yeah um and some of the ones that you're going to be introduced to are equally fantastic and, and you're going to have a really good time. Stylistically, you're going to enjoy it as well. So yeah. worth worth checking out. Uh, moving over to 205 Live. It is back on Tuesdays. What? I, I don't know. I mean, the numbers tanked once they put it on Wednesdays for some reason, which is weird. I thought it was going to be a better move. Apparently, they did too, but it was not. So it's back on Tuesdays now. Um, but uh, yeah, so this week we had uh, Leo Rush versus Lince Dorado. Uh, I would I would like to see this continue because they had a really fun match as you can as you can imagine, Nick. I know you didn't check out this week's show, but as you can imagine, Leo Rush. Oh, I did. And, I just fast forwarded to the one match. Oh, you fast forwarded. Oh, oh, oh. I we'll get where, there. I see where you're going, sir. Well, if you, you didn't watch Leo and Lince, and they had a really fun match. I'd love to see more out of these two. Uh, Leo did win this one, so hopefully we'll see more. I just want the rest of Lucha House Party to stay away from it. We don't need more of like them and the revival kind of dynamic. Just yeah. Let, let it alone. Let these two guys be the main focus. Um, we had set up for a future rematch between Tony Nice and Noam Dar. Uh, TJP is still muddling around telling uh, Drake Maverick he wants competition. He's another one that I think might be asking for his release sometime soon because they have not done a damn thing with him. And he was the first cruiserweight champion. And it's tragic that a guy that talented is just not being utilized. I don't know why they're having trouble writing for him. If he's a tr- I, I don't know what the deal is. But uh, uh, he could be a baller over in AEW or even New Japan for that matter. I, I would love to see that guy somewhere else, honestly. Yeah, I, I just wonder if, if it's personal issues or what it is because, you know, it, it's got all the talent in the world, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of all the talent in the world, remember how we mentioned Humberto Carrillo was on NXT or was on 205 Live as well as NXT this week? Well, last week I mentioned how Buddy Murphy said he would have an open challenge, and this week a mystery opponent would be coming out and facing him. And I said it was going to be Humberto Carrillo. And sure enough, it was Humberto Carrillo. How did you know that? Uh, what actual? I, and if you didn't know it, know it. I'm curious as to your thought process of how you got to him. I, I knew it because they were announcing they had had the, um, the WWE, I guess it was what, World Cup or whatever it's called, that's coming up um, at, uh, at WrestleMania Access. And they said they were going to pick a certain number of people from each brand. And uh, when they announced the 205 Live brand, they announced Humberto Carrillo and then quickly pulled it off. And then so not only the fact that Humberto Carrillo has been getting a lot of looks in NXT lately, but also the fact that Buddy Murphy now had an open challenge. I just put two and two together. Gotcha. So no, it was just, I, just like the Gargano match, this was baller. It's too it's bad just, that the audience <laughs> was dead for it. It really is too bad. And they even said yeah. this is boring at one point, which, you know, really... Get out, get out of here. Come on. The last thing Come this on, was, guys. The last thing this was was boring. If this had happened in front of a live crowd, this would have been absolutely insane. Such a really great match. You know, basically a showcase for Carrillo showing off a lot of his cool moves. Uh, they were, I think, a step off for like the middle chunk of the match. It seemed like they were their their little couple miscues, but nitpicking, complete nitpicking. I, I look forward to seeing a lot more of this. From what I understand, or what we saw on the show, Carrillo is now officially a member of 205 Live, probably stepping in to fill the hole that Mustafa Ali left. 
And uh, like I said earlier in the NXT section, I think he's got future superstar written all over him. Not just because he's got dimples deep, deeper, deeper than the Rio Grande, like someone stabbed, hey, hey, like someone stabbed him that in the guy face. In Pearl Harbor. You're thinking of Josh Hartnett. This is, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 okay. no. yeah, no, no. <laughs> he's only 23 years old, Carrillo. He's got a ton of time ahead of him. More, more of that new generation slash class that we've been talking about the last few weeks that are coming up. Yeah. Oh man! Well, he's been doing this for ten years already. You know what I mean? He's he's been doing this. How? He started when he was a kid. He's he's second or third generation too. Like he's he's been doing this forever. So, uh, next week we have a triple threat match between Buddy Murphy's next challengers. We have a, there's a fatal four way at Royal Rumble between Murphy, Hideo Itami, Akira Tozawa, and Kalisto. And Itami, Tozawa, and Kalisto are facing off next week. That should be a baller match. The fatal four way should be great. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Carrillo now. He obviously lost to Murphy this week. No surprise there, but yeah. uh, looked great in doing so. Yeah. Well, let's head over and talk about... Uh, we, we just got out of Wrestle Kingdom, so let's talk about what the landscape looks like uh, and the fallout of the AEW departure uh, of, of many superstars. What's going on over in New Japan this week? Well, I feel like New Japan kind of insulated itself uh, before the AEW thing, like they they could see which way the wind is blowing because they still have a lot of stuff going on over there, and they're not really missing the elite all that much. Uh, they are in the middle of Fantastica Mania, which is where all of the luchadors, a bunch of luchadors rather, from CMLL come over, and they all have uh, cross promotion matches. Tag team, they team up, or they they have New Japan tag teams against uh, CMLL tag teams, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, usually it's a lot of fun this year so far. I have to say it's been a little bit lackluster. Nothing really stands out as being a must see match yet. I kind of feel like everyone's working at like a house show kind of pace, yeah. uh, which is a little bit too bad. Usually they actually step it up, but not so much this year. Um, but we are speaking of new beginnings, new, new Japan, new beginning. We've got six shows coming up soon. Three in the U S three in Japan, the U.S. ones we have not had a card released for, which I don't get why they do this. Why would you have shows in the U.S.? I guess it doesn't matter because they're doing smaller venues this time. They're doing like the Globe in L.A. and they're doing a tiny theater out near you in North Carolina. But um, I don't get why they don't announce their cards. I know it's tough. You don't know who's going to be injured and whatnot. But, you know, like the Cow Palace, they couldn't stop the Cow Palace. because They didn't let us know what the card was until like a couple weeks before. So it's a little frustrating. But we already know. Yeah. Uh, about the, Jap- the the Japan dates after that, uh, the Sapporo February 3rd show, which is more important than the February 2nd show. Uh, you got Shingo Takagi and Bushi versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Desperado for the Junior Heavyweight Tag Championships. Evil and Sonata are defending their heavyweight tag belts against Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. What? I'll watch that match all day long. Fight forever. Jesus uh, Christ. Bring me that one. And then Naito <laughs> is defending the Intercontinental belt against Tai Chi. Uh, okay yeah (laughs) i could all right then (laughs) i'll I'll be asleep for that one uh and then uh, next up in osaka on february 11th ryusuke taguchi is having a match with taiji ishimori for the junior heavyweight championship one of my great one of my favorite quotes of the last week in a uh, presser backstage taiji ishimori said about ryusuke taguchi he's not just a butt wrestler he's actually very technical as well so they're building this match up quite nicely nice uh (laughs) He's not. All right, then. Taguchi is not just a butt wrestler. He is actually okay. he's a multiple time champion in New Japan. I, I'm not sure I understand what a butt wrestler is. Uh, he's known for his hip attacks, lots Fine. and lots of hip attacks. 
Lots and lots and lots of hip attacks. Yeah, can we talk about the next match? He was that a he matters? was a, he was in a tag a championship tag team with Ricochet. They beat the Young Bucks. All right, he's legit. Anyway, yes, we can talk about. Okay, the next fine. Match. Jay White is fighting Hiroshi Tanahashi for the heavyweight championship. I love Ryusuke Taguchi. Stop it. Yes, Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the championship. Wow, they're they're not waiting on this, are they? They're Pull going that, right for it. Dare I say V trigger? Pull that trigger on Jay White. Wow. Oh my God. But it's but the whole speculation was that Tanahashi was going to hold the belt through the end of the this era, like until the Emperor of Japan stepped down, and that that was going to be a symbolic thing. I that's going to be nuts if they put the championship on Jay White this a this soon and b taking it off of Tanahashi before the Emperor steps down, which is in a couple of months. Yeah. Like that's bold. Like, or. Put, taking it off of Tanahashi to put it on Jay White this soon, or putting Jay White into this position and not giving him the belt this soon. Yeah. I feel like he needs... I think that's the one that's the most important takeaway for me. You're gonna, you've, you've been building and building and building and building Jay White, and now you're going to put him directly in a match for the championship that you're not going to give him. Let's be clear. He's not going to win that championship. I but could he? I mean... Come on. Ian, you I know better than that. I don't. He just got it at, at Wrestle Kingdom. This is, but this is the great thing about New Japan. They've sown the seeds of doubt in me. They might. I mean, Gato is his corner man. They might put it on him, Nick. Anyway, we'll find out on February 11th at New Beginning Osaka. I'm excited. I, I say, I say, no way in hell. All right. Well, we'll see. We we know what happens on this show when we say no chance in hell. We get humiliated shortly afterwards. Oh. Uh, finally, a little bit of other, one more little New Japan nugget before we move on. This came out this week. Kushida, who we now know is leaving New Japan at the end of the month and probably coming to WWE, apparently had gone to Gato, who books New Japan, and said he wanted to be, he wanted to turn heel and join the Bullet Club. Which is the weirdest. Gato said no, obviously. That's why Kashida said, cool, I'm out. Uh, I frankly can't blame Gato at all because I can't see Kushida being a heel in the Bullet Club. He's Marty McFly. He's Marty. What? Yeah, I don't get it all. I think Taiji no. Ishimori was a way better choice for Bone Soldier for the, for the uh, junior heavyweight in Bullet Club. It made a lot more sense. Yeah. I don't know what Kushida was thinking. So, well, but, more more on New Japan soon. We have a lot of little events coming up in the next couple of months. We'll be all over those, so stay tuned. Hey, Ian, let's do some listener questions. we got a lot yes. of them to get through today. Yes. Thank you guys very much for all your great listener questions. We love doing these. It's our favorite part. But to get in a on the fun. listener questions, you got to be at at least a $5 Patreon tier. It's the way we make it fair. Uh, come over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for that $5 or more tier. Get access to the listener. Be able to su submit your listener questions. They'll be answered every week on the show right here. Or the Starting cost up, of a Big Mac. For the cost of right. a Big Mac, you can ask questions on every one of these shows. Crazy. <laughs> Will James asks, with Braun being pulled, could that possibly mean Brock was going over anyway? And does that leave the door open for a Cena-Brock match to get Cena's record out of the way? I think Will's been listening to Nick talk too long on this show. A little bit. <laughs> when in doubt, Cena's getting number 17. Throwback uh, to last year before, a year ago before Mania. That's literally, that was that was your suspicion last year at this time, wasn't it? Yeah, I, like, I rode that train all the way through the rump to the Rumble. I said Cena was going to win the Rumble. 
is yeah, we're gonna have Brock go over Kane and Braun so that he can have a match with Cena at WrestleMania and Cena can get seventeen. That was literally your call last year. Yeah. Um I think we're just back in the same place we were last year with this. I don't I think that Braun was not gonna go over, and that's one reason why they had Finn in there because they want to protect Braun a little bit. Yep. Uh and Finn can get beat, especially if he's man Finn, not demon Finn. If he's man, man Finn, he can Finn. lose and he's fine. Man Finn. Hey, I am man <laughs> Finn. Uh he can lose and it's fine. So, yeah, I think Brock is going over here, but I don't think he's facing Cena. I think that they're going to do the smart thing and put it on a future superstar and not have it... Because one thing we always complain about is the old guard getting all of the rub when they need to be building future superstars. Right now, and they should have pulled the trigger on this last SummerSlam, Seth Rollins needs the rub that they've been trying for four years to get on Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins needs it. And they, I, they picked I, the wrong guy coming out of the shield. I mean, I guess they did pick him. Frankly, they I mean, they put the tie cashed in and did yeah. all that stuff. And well, he had a great when, run. When there was the initial pushback against Roman, they put it on Seth as a heel. But now if they go to WrestleMania and he beats Brock as a face, I think the sky is the limit for Seth Rollins. You know, like I said, they should have put it on him at SummerSlam when he was super, super, super hot. He's cooled off a little bit now, but I think they can heat him up in time for WrestleMania, especially if he wins the Royal Rumble. Oh, snap. Just saying. No. To answer, to answer Will James's question, no. I don't think this is going to end up as Cena Brock. I think Cena might end up in a, in a thing with McIntyre. That's kind of what I'm I'm suspiciously Cena seeing. Will, it. Cena will do an exhibition match. That's about it. Maybe. Yeah. Or he might even have like an actual match. He's putting somebody over. At this point, he's doing the oh, smart yeah. thing, and he's he's putting people over. So that's 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 my answer to that question. Mine too. I, yep. I have nothing else really to add to that. Next up, Dominic Jacques. Hey, guys. Bit late, but happy new year. Happy, happy new, new year, year Dominic. New Thank year. you. Uh, would it be a good idea to scrap the co-branded pay-per-view and the brand championship and go with a pay-per-view each every other month for each brand with floating championships instead? So like what we had two years ago. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess a year B- and a half ago. Before we had the brand split in the draft. Look, this is cyclical. This isn't the first time that... This will have happened. This will be about the fourth, third or fourth, yeah, third, something like that. I, I fully see with that with the whole TV deals and everything. I would have, I would have totally said yes this year after Mania, we're going to combine everything again, and then they still might do it. Everything is kind of pointing to they're going to do that, especially when they only had one set of women's tag belts this week. I yep. thought that was a nice little, well, that little, little nod there. That Other also than, might be because they don't have enough women's tag teams, but yeah. Fair, but it's not like they don't have enough women to make a tag division. Let's be clear about that. Well, let's also be um, clear that I think you and I both would prefer they went back to the way it was before. We And when they said they were, they were going to stop it, we both said, that's not really that good for, for the talent. Yeah. You know, a lot, of, a lot less people on these pay-per-views now. A lot of the talent got pushed down into lower-end matches. So, And you get a lot more people looking good if you have a lot more room to show them off. And if you have your own pay-per-view, even if it's every, if it's every other month, you have more room to show talent lower on the card and have more people possibly get over. So, yeah. and, the, and you know, that's what you want. If you have a big roster is to show off more people. So they got like the idea of having the big four and it's crossover between the two brands mm-hmm. and every, all the other ones are split brand or are their own brands. I, yeah. I like that. Well, I don't like the fact that right now we have the universal championship and the WWE championship, and it feels like they exist in different worlds because, you know, whereas everything else is brand specific. What's the universal championship? uh, It's that thing that shows up once every three or four months when the champion decides to show up. Yeah, I couldn't remember what that was. Yeah. Well, it's a big, ugly red belt. That's what it is. 
So it looks like a it looks like a Hasbro plastic toy belt. But um, anyway, but that's bring like, back I, the ten pounds of gold. I'm just I'm so grateful that the WWE Championship is still on black leather and they didn't make it you know some blue abomination. Right, you know, Thankfully. to make, make oh, it brand, brand specific. But I think that if anything, there should be one title, and they've kind of made it the universal title by default. But that's, I think, lame when it comes to the WWE Championship. They should just have one title above all others that floats between the two brands. I feel like I was saying this two years ago when they unveiled the, the Universal Championship. Yeah, I think we had we had some debate on the show at some point, and maybe someone who listens to us more closely than we listen to ourselves can go back and tell us what the hell we <laughs> said. I believe you were making an argument for the reasons that it was good to have a universal or separate branded uh, championship, but for me, nothing will ever be bigger than the WWE heavyweight championship well i was i think that's it i think i was saying don't have a super belt and then a universal and then a wwe just have one big championship wwe championship whatever you want to call it wwe universal combine them whatever yeah and then have the intercontinental and the the u.s and that they can be brand specific or whatever you want to do um but have one title above all the others anyway we could go off on a whole thing about that (laughs) That's was the, this a bonus episode we did on Patreon? I remember we had title talk. I don't know. I don't think so, but it should be. Maybe it should be title talk. I feel like we broke this down hardcore at some point in the summer. Maybe we I did. have to go back and listen. Maybe it was on a slow show. I anyway, don't know. great question, Dominic. Um, you know, I, I lean more towards just consolidate everything. I just I can't keep up with who's on what brand and who's moving here and who's got what title and did it. Yeah, I say it's, split it's the brands. Much. Split the brands. I say. Split the split the pay per views. I like paper. I like specific pay per views. Brand new, hot off the press, five dollar patron Kenny Ashton. Thank you for joining the B Dub Club. Oh, Welcome Kenneth. aboard. And uh, yeah, do you guys think that Braun being pulled from the Universal Title match puts him in the running to enter the Rumble and win? Yes. <laughs> Simply put, I, yes. I'll say okay. I'll say this. I am still all in on McIntyre winning the Rumble at this point. Yep. To get that, but if it's not Braun that he's going to face, I don't know who it is, so there could absolutely be a spin here for Brock retaining, beating Manfin, and taking it all the way to Mania to face the winner of the Royal Rumble, Braun Strowman. I could see that. The field of the Rumble is really wide open right now. I think we all know. I think I I can't even say that. I was going to say the winner is going to go face the Universal, but... I, we can't even make that case for sure because there's there's some people who could win the Rumble that could go face uh, Daniel Bryan or whoever's holding the SmackDown title, and we could get to the uh, the it's not the SmackDown title. How w- dare you, sir? The WWE Championship triggered, uh, and we could have some other way of getting to the Universal Championship by WrestleMania. So it's pretty wide open. I definitely say the front runners right now, my front runner is Seth Rollins. Now that he's been taken away from the intercontinental championship and the Dean Ambrose feud, uh, drew McIntyre is like a 0.5 percentile behind Seth for me, as far as winning, like it could be either one of those guys, Braun Strowman completely in the mix as well. So yes. Do I think that him being pulled from the universal title match? Look, we all knew Finn was not going to win the Royal rumble, but Braun, he could. So the Rumble just got a lot more interesting with what we saw go down on Raw this week. 
Yeah, I mean, th- the changes that they made on Raw this week really set in motion a lot of uncertainty between now and Mania. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really into this Good. because it was becoming very predictable Yes, uh, as early as post-Survivor Series. It I, mean, feels we, like, I was already calling shit in December. It feels like they're shaking things up, Nick. Hmm, uh, could it be that new uh, era? Uh, uh, that doesn't feel like a new era. <laughs> it just feels like they're trying a couple new things. Like we gotta try new stuff, kids. All right, yeah. we have any more listener? We have another one more listener question. Uh, I'll read this one off. Uh, let's see, it's from Bebosh. Bebosh, what's up, dude? Thank you very much for your question. Yes, thank he you. He says, uh, "Do you think VKM Vincent Kennedy McMahon is serious about women's tag teams?" Uh, I, he feels like it's, it's. I feel like it's in his second thoughts, and he's doing it just because it's about time to introduce them. And can you believe they're going to crown them at Elimination Chamber, where tag teams doesn't play any big role? Has there ever been a tag match inside a, a chamber? Uh, I'll answer that little that little last part. Yes, there has. It was uh, three years ago at Elimination Chamber, and it was for the tag team championships, where at the time were being held by New Day. Uh, it was back when Tyson Kidd and Cesaro were a tag team and they were in it. Uh, it was back when the Lucha Dragons were a thing. I think the Ascension were in it. It was, it was when, I remember, uh, Kalisto was in the top of the cage and Ascension was in there. Um, yeah, Kalisto was like upside Spider-Man crawling yeah. on the chains. And, the, yeah. and the, the primetime players were also in it too. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 2015, baby. What a year. Ooh, what a year like that, that was. was. longer ago than that. But anyway, th- to, so to answer... His question, yes, there was a, a tag team elimination chamber before, so it's not unprecedented. But uh, what's I that? don't know. I, I still feel like this is premature. Um, really? I, I'm still, well, only in the sense that there's not a lot of booking room to make it happen legitimately right now. And I, I feel like it's only premature because everything's starting to get set in motion for Mania, for the road to Mania. See, I think, I think it's way post-mature, whatever that word would be. Uh, it, because I, I had explode. <laughs> I felt it start last summer with the whole Bailey and Sasha thing, right? And they and they've Don't said, you "Oh, say it." And they Don't they you say they it. cut off their feud and said, "Oh no, we have to make them be a tag team." And they've just been circling around the Riot Squad for six freaking months, is what it feels like. And it was supposed to happen at Evolution. We actually said that they're going to do this at Evolution because we knew they had the tag belts made. They've been sitting on them for months. And uh, by the way, those tag belts are gorgeous. Can I, yeah, just throw that, can I throw that out there? The, yeah. the men's tag belts look like toys. These women's tag belts look fantastic. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I feel like this is something that has been coming for a while. For me, it's it's felt that way. It's like, ah, finally. Um, and I I don't know that it's a secondary thought like B-Bosh is saying here, but I think they were waiting for the right time to do it, and they just never found it. They're like, we just got to do it. We just have to do it, but to pull the trigger at some point. And so it, maybe that's where you're feeling the rush, the rushedness of it, is that they're finally just like, screw it, let's just do it. Yeah, and it's I, I hate that it's that way because it's such a monumental thing in wrestling, and I, I I want it to be a big deal. Yeah, I agree. They should have done it at Evolution. It would have made that show. And the fact that we're eh, we're just going to do it at Elimination Chamber, sneak it in before Mania, so we can have a match at Mania. Really on a six-hour card well, that's going to be slam-packed already. How else are you going to get Bailey and Sasha on the card, man? Well, I'm happy for the women for getting some mania money. I guess is what I'll say. That's you what know? that's what I'm saying. And, I, and and here's the thing, you know, it is a long time coming. It's not like it's the first time that it's they've had them. They had them in the '80s uh, between oh, sure. 
83 and 89, I think they had like six years they had women's tag championships. But um, yeah, it's about time they got back to them again. Well, guys, thank you for your questions. Again, if you want to get in on those, it's just $5 a month, and you can ask us questions every week for every show. Thank you guys for being our patrons and supporting us here on Busted Wide Open. It really means a lot. Patreon.com slash BWO if you want to get in on that. Uh, Ian, we got just a few minutes to go through some other news, so let's do a quick little lightning round. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, yeah, I got this. Other news lightning round. The road to G1 Supercard in Dallas has been announced. The matches have been announced. Uh, It's a a Ring of Honor, New Japan kind of team up. Mostly Ring of Honor, excuse me. It's Ring of Honor. Um, but we've got, uh, the ring of honor tag wars. The first round matches are going to be the villain enterprises, which is PCO and Brody King versus the kingdom, which is Vinny Marseglia and TK Orion. And the other match, we've got Jay lethal and Jonathan Gresham versus Mark Haskins and Tracy Williams. That's going to be a lot of fun to check out. Um, so initially we were supposed to have bandito versus flip Gordon, but flip sprained his MCL at some t- uh, TV tapings for Ring of Honor uh, right on the same time that Chris Sabin tore his ACL. Some nasty injuries there. Injuries there. But uh, so ACH is replacing Flip Gordon at Hand of Doom uh, versus Vandito, and then Bandito's not going to be facing off against Silas Young at the road to G1. Uh, we've also got a match Dalton Castle and the boys versus the Briscoes and Shane Taylor, Madison rain versus Holly dead Rocky Romero coming to the States versus Matt Tavin and Marty Skrull versus Rhett Titus. So mm. looking forward to some ring of honor right over there. Bar wrestling, LA's own bar wrestling run by Joey, uh, Dick flip Ryan, <laughs> Jim Cornette's favorite wrestler. Uh, Bar Wrestling tweeted a thinking face emoji after the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and Hangman Page all sent out individual tweets saying, see ya in Los Angeles, one each from them. Uh, Bar Wrestling had a show last night, and and they had announced that Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky, a.k.a. SCU, was going to be there, part of the Elite. And sure enough, the rest of the Elite showed up at the Bar Wrestling here in Los Angeles. I wasn't able to go because I had to work at the bar which is not a weird pun. I actually did have to work at a just I had to work at a bar, just the wrong bar. Right. There was just no wrestling at the bar you were working no, at. No. Cuz I, you know, <laughs> Unfortunately. I, I would love to have gone and seen it, but I have to pay rent. Question. <sighs> if if wrestling, if a wrestling match broke out like uh over in the tables, uh in the, that area of the bar, w- would you would you mind? It would depend on if they had insurance. <laughs> I'm being realistic. I'm thinking about the bar work at, and that's just like, man, you know, ah, uh, it would really a lot of tetanus like, in there. Yeah, <laughs> not even, it's not even the tetanus. It's just the not a lot of services you'd want to be power bond on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, anyway, okay. uh, oh. Trevor Lee has officially signed with WWE. We knew he was an impact for a while. We thought that was going to be uh, where he ended up, but no, he's now going to WWE. Should probably uh, end up in NXT within the next couple of months. Probably may, might even see him at TakeOver Phoenix. Uh, so Trevor Lee, some guy, we've, a guy, guy we've known from PWG, Impact Wrestling, very fun indie wrestler. Uh, Eva Lise from Lucha Underground. She wants out of her Lucha Underground contract. Apparently, they were offered a release before the taping of season four. They wanted to walk away. They could, uh, but they re-signed, 
And now she wants out after season four, but they are holding her hostage until the negotiations for season five. They're not letting people out of their season four contracts until contracts negotiations begin on season five. This is apparently happening to a lot of wrestlers. Joey Ryan also tweeted about this and how it's kind of mean and a little shady because there's been nothing announced about season five yet. So there's no timetable for when these wrestlers could be negotiating about getting out of these contracts. Hey, does any of this feel or sound familiar? A little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, Lucha Underground making some really, really questionable business decisions this year, Nick. Um, Shane Strickland. Last year as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that most, that's what I meant, 2018. Uh, Shane Strickland, a.k.a. Kill Shot from Lucha Underground. He's also been working over in Evolve. He says he's a free agent, uh, which a lot of people are taking to mean that he's about to sign with WWE itself, NXT. But it could also mean he's going to AEW, and he'd be a big pickup. He's probably saying he's a free agent for the same reason you say that in football, to get a bigger contract. I could go a lot of different places. Who wants to pay me? Pay this man his money. Money. Mm -hmm. So Shane Strickland going to WWE or AEW. We do know that Ilya Dragunov, uh, he's out of his defiant dates in February. Because it looks like he's heading to WWE. WWE buying up a lot of big indie wrestlers before AEW can get their grubby little mitts on them. And Ilya Dragunov is definitely a big name. One of the biggest face stars over in Europe. Uh, fantastic Russian-German wrestler uh, who will be coming up to... He, we, we, we might see him at TakeOver Phoenix. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lawler has said he's re-signed with WWE and he will be calling the Royal Rumble. So what? Yeah, he's calling me coming, calling the Rumble. What about the actual commentators? I guess Jerry will be joining them, or maybe he'll he'll be on a separate table with uh, Booker T, and they'll awkwardly cut to them every once in a while, as they've done oh before. Boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, and finally, Dakota Kai, as we know, she tore her ACL. She's heading into surgery, so we'll know about her timetable within the next few days, and we'll report that to you on next week's show. Hashtag Team Kick. Mm-hmm. Ex- except not right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Team Limp. Hashtag team, team, hashtag team, team hobble, team crutches. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, come over and join us in the busted wide open discussion group on Facebook. Be sure and do that by next weekend so you can get in on the live chats we're going to be doing for both TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble on Sunday. We will be setting those up. You will see the notifications for them. Get into the group and you'll know what I mean. You can also find us on Twitter over at BWO Podcast. Uh, Find us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube, I should say, at youtube.com slash C slash Busted Wide Open, or just search for Busted Wide Open. We are not the rap song. We're the other guys. I wish we were. Uh, That rap song is a lot of fun. It's kind of fun, yeah. If you're into trashy hip-hop videos with scantily clad women in silly cars. Yeah, I kind of am, you know, when I was 14. Anyway... Um, last but certainly not least, if you love this show and want to support what we do, we love all of our patrons. Thank you guys so much for helping us and giving your hard-earned cash up every month to support this show. If you'd like to get involved, go over to patreon.com slash BWO. Check out all of our awesome, awesome tiers, reward tiers. Sign up for the one that fits best for you. At the $5 tier, you can get into asking listener questions every week. At the $10 tier, you get our ep- access to our bonus episodes. We're going to have a few more of those by the end of the month up for you uh, to play catch up while I was moving. And, uh, you know, anything better... There's all kinds of good stuff on Patreon. Patreon.com slash BWO. 
But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.